I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 522 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. How you doing, Brad? I'm all right. I have to say those intros with my eyes closed so I don't mess them up anymore. Because you don't want to say and and you want them to be uniform. Yes. Is that right? That's correct. Wow, good job. Also, I put uh, I think I put too much uh, too much of a flavor shot in my tiny little <laughs> bottle of water here. So <laughs> what, what do you say I'm that? Pretty much straight <laughs> sweetener that's vaguely yes. strawberry watermelon flavored. Yeah, it's tough because I've been buying those tiny water bottles as opposed to the full size ones. Right. It is tough to spray to spray a flavor inside and say, I'm confident that this is not too much or too little. Right. You know, um, how are you doing? I'm okay. I wanted to make sure I was being honest. I yeah. want to be uh, up front and forthright. I want to mm. put things on front street. I want to pull back the curtain. Yeah, I hear you. So, uh, yeah, doing okay. Today was an okay day. Well, you uh, must feel, feel pretty flattered about uh, the recent... All right. Well, I thought we agreed we weren't going to talk about this <laughs> on the air, but uh... so before we before we record every week, we you know we used to have more active lives where we were going to things and doing things all the time. COVID changed that. Now we're slowly getting back into things after a year and almost a half of of whatever. And uh, but we what we do is we sit down to podcast. We say. Let's look at our calendars. What do we have to talk about? Right. Are there any big movies? Like this week, we're talking about Army of the Dead at the end of the episode. Um, I have thoughts. Yep. And so we say, you know, what did you do? We, we look up entertainment news. We take a few minutes to collect our thoughts. And we always say, did you get any emails from getting into the podcast? And Brad said, we didn't get any emails in, uh, but did you see the kisses for Brad Roar Instagram account? And Please I was like, don't. No, don't I most certainly thing. did not. Listen, Chubies, please don't make this a thing. I was shocked. I don't know how I missed it. I got to be honest, uh, because they're following me. Well, you have so many followers that you getting another one isn't a big deal. <laughs> but on my <laughs> eleven arid landscape, <laughs> every drop of water counts. So Brad's like, yeah, it's kisses for Brad Roar. So I'm like, uh, hold on, hold on. I looked it up, you know, and I'm on a I'm on a PC so, or, a, or a laptop, so I put in Instagram.com slash kisses for Brad Roar spelled out, and there is indeed an Instagram account with you know you know no profile picture, uh, two posts, following only let's see Chuck, Brad, and Ray Harrington. That's correct. Our good buddy. Um, first post is a close up of a, a a man's lips kissing, and it says yeah they're puckered. It says, first kiss for Brad Roar. That's me. And it says, under, under it, says, first of many, 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 many Witu kisses for Brad Roar. Hashtag first kiss. Hashtag Brad Roar. Hashtag human snack. And you comment on it. <laughs> I do not like this. <laughs> I speak the truth. And the second post is uh, another one. It says, second kiss for Very Brad Roar. Very similar. Yeah. Second, second of many, 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 many Witu kisses for Brad Roar. Same thing. And it's funny because it has one like on it, not from you, but from a, a local restaurant, Rody Roots, uh, right up the street from my house, one of my favorites in Rhode Island, in Warren. And uh, I don't know how to what to attribute that to. It's a little strange, but uh, quite an odd Instagram account. It is. I, and I'm like, I'll give this a follow. I appreciate the flattery. And then I saw what it was and I'm like, nope, I'm out of here. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, you're still following, I right? muted it. 
because I'm like, we'll never talk about this on the podcast. No one will know. It's funny because Brad's like, I heard it. And then I went to it and it said one follower and it was followed by you. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, you have a, Brad has what I consider a strange relationship with social media where someone will like message you and be like, hey, Brad, I knew you 50 years ago. I just want you to know I'm racist. And you're like, ah, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings by unfollowing them. And I'm like, why? That's I, what do I, you mean? I, my, my unfollowing, usually they're they're less direct yeah. than that. Uh, but, but almost as direct. But yeah, it, it takes me a while because I feel uh, deep down a need to be liked, to be yeah. the good guy, to say that I did everything right. And uh, sometimes that's keeping terrible people in my social media feed. Yeah, it really does. And, uh, and you know, <laughs> like un, unfollowing them, if it's on Facebook or muting them, if it's on Instagram or Twitter, uh, just because I don't want to have the conversation of this is why I unfollowed you. Have you ever ex- because, had to explain to anyone why you had followed them in your whole life? No, but there are people that I want to explain to me why they unfollowed me. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That was a good answer. Thank you. No, I, I think about, you know, there was one one guy from my high school. Yeah. You know, like we bowled together uh-huh. like on Saturday mornings. And uh, then I just kind of watched him get more and more into cons- conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And like on the the day of the insurrection at the Capitol, he's like, this is what happens when you poke a sleeping bear. And I'm like, that bear has been awake for many years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was like the, the final straw for me that I'm like, all right, I'm done with you, man. You deleted like, him as a friend? Deleted him as a friend. Wow. Uh, other than that, you probably- oh, We like, have a funny guest for you today, Brad. Oh, Open the door. That? Ah! <laughs> he insurrects on you. <laughs> he's insurrects. I shouldn't have poked a sleeping bear. <laughs> yes. Oh, but I I like, and it's weird because I feel like there's some measure of guilt in saying like, I gave up on this person's social media because, you know, and and not that every post was inflammatory or objectionable. Some that he's like, I love my kids. And I'm like, I don't want to see this nonsense. Yeah, right. Uh, and, And some of that is, you know real off the deep end, you know, pedophile ring in a, in a pizza shop basement stuff. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's one of those like, well, it's my social media. I curate it. So normally I would unfollow that person, but this guy just got to be too much. Yeah. Uh, that I just didn't want to be associated with him. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. You're so funny about stuff like that. I am. It's, it's a weird compulsion. I don't think people can, I don't, I, I wouldn't really know if someone stopped following me. Uh, or so, so, un, un, you know, yeah. deleted me as so, a friend. Some of or it was it Facebook memories, and and some of it I don't mind. Where it's like this person commented on my post eleven years ago, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm still, I'm not still friends with him. Who are they? Yeah, and sure. the, you know, and it's, it's it was a, an RA that worked mm-hmm. for me, or like worked in a different building when I yeah. when I worked there, and she got married, and I didn't even know she got married. I'm like, oh, we're not that close. It's not a big deal. But yeah. some like, oh, I went to college with that guy. I was an RA with that guy, and we were friends, and now we're not. Mm-hmm. Why? What happened? And. Uh, uh, you know, I, I could probably, I, I, yeah, there are people that I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm really curious as to why this unfriending happened. And there are some people that I'm like, oh, I guess it, I guess it happened. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, That's it's so it's, funny. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I, but I, I want the P I still, I just want to be liked, yeah, yeah but yeah. not <laughs> kisses for Brad Roar liked. It fe- honestly, it feels yeah. insulting. It, fe- it feels like it's, it's so far into the realm of parody <laughs> That it feels like they're just <laughs> mocking me. It's come out the other side. Yeah. Into, and into and to just hurt terrorism. Yeah. This is an insurrection. Yeah, they're insurrecting <laughs> all over my Instagram. Yeah. 
Yeah. I shouldn't have poked that sleeping bear, but yeah. um <laughs> But yeah, it was so cute. Yeah, it's funny. I, I find you to be kind of a conundrum when it comes to like what you think is over the line and what you don't. I know. And I know. Some, sometimes so it's, it's just like moving moving goalposts, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, moving. <laughs> the flash has trouble keeping up with those goalposts. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's uh I think this is just a guy having fun. I don't know who it is. It says they're in Warren, Rhode Island. I think that's a fake geotag. You think it's a fake geotag? That's where I we think, live. Yeah. Um, but Roadie Roots liked it. Maybe it's because they they like uh, they follow the Warren Rhode Island geotag and they saw it. Possible. They just kind of liked it as a bunch of them. Very strange. But I say kisses for Brad Roar. I'm in. I'll submit a kiss. Do you, is that how people? How that works? You take a picture of your lips and submit a kiss. Just don't. I, I don't want people <laughs> endorsing this mockery. All right. Of uh, <laughs> of my of my battle against depression. <laughs> mockery. Um. You want my you want my Sherlock Holmes opinion? Yes, I do. Of course, I you think are you have been referred to as the world's greatest detective, but you were the one who yes. referred to yourself. I as think such. I think when I think it was Little Jack Films, our buddy, yes, our our, our listener. That, that was my first guess as well. I think when he said you were H O T hot, yeah, Brad is H O T hot. That has come up a lot of times from a bunch of different listeners now because of the way you responded to right. it, right? And no one ever means it. Well, no I, one actually believes that. I hold on, hold on. Let's back up the truck, the dump truck. And uh, like, I, this is what I think. I think that saying a random guy is attractive is not necessarily like either the guy is really attractive or he's really unattractive. But you're picking really unattractive. Yes, I think it's not that. I think I think they're calling a, a giant man tiny. <laughs> I think is, they're not yeah. calling a giant man tiny. I think that they're. I think it's funny to put. Uh, it's almost like if I said, you know, let's all, let's all, huh, I'm trying to think of a good comparison for this, but I think it's just funny to put that uh, spotlight on you in that direction. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I even think like, let's say someone like, is like, oh, I think Brad has a nice voice, which is an opinion you might take more seriously. And disagree with, but if, okay. If someone said that. Right. And you were like, ah, I don't know. And people started saying it more and more and more. I don't think it's because you have a terrible voice. I think it's more because you react to it a certain way. I think people, you know I mean people that, have said that and I've said, uh, thank you. I struggled with it for a long time. But do you know what I mean by that? I like, do. Like those people aren't mocking you. No. Those people are just having their own opinion. Well, I mean, some and of them maybe, are. Maybe when they, when they drive past and they're like, hey, nice voice, Brad. <laughs> hey, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with that guy? Yeah. <laughs> they insurrected all over my feelings. That's your voice. Yes. Um. But I think it's almost like someone can just have an opinion and then when you respond to it negatively, they can kind of push the gas pedal on the opinion because it's funny, yeah. but it doesn't mean that it's crazy. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean right. that it's crazy in the other direction. Not crazy, just <clears throat> cruel. No, I, I don't think it's cruel. Like the nice voice thing. Right. You understand what I mean by that, right? I do. I yeah. do. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Kisses for Brad Roar. I don't know. I like it. Well, I'd li what if I woke up every day and there was a different kiss for me on this web website? I'd be just, happy. It's just Swiss Miss licking. Licking, love that. Uh, licking your phone. I'd love that. Um, we did get an email, but I think we're going to save it because it's an email where I think a little bit of thought would be smart to put into it. Yes. What do you think? I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I think it'll be a fun thing to think about and, and make notes about and uh, and chat about in our next episode. So yes. if you sent that email, we will get to you next week. Yes. Um, <clears throat> do you have any new Brad stuff? Thursday night, May 27th, I am on the Providence Improv Guild's Would I Lie to You live stream, or Wilty, W-I-L-T-Y, uh, the, the three-on-three game show where 
you know, I tell a story from my past that may or may not be true, and the other team has to guess whether or not it is true. So it's based on a BBC show of the same name. Uh, we've been doing this for, I don't know, eight or nine months at this point, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Don't know who on, who's on my team, don't know who's on the other team, but just right. know I'm going to be there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring the thunder. Nice. I, don't know, I don't know if I'm telling the truth or a lie until I start to speak that evening. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, that's I, sent, in, I sent in two truths to the producer today. He can choose one of those, or he can write me a lie, and either way, I have to tell the backstory, whether I know it or not. Nice. So, that's great. Pretty fun. Work those improv muscles. Uh, hopefully, we're getting back to in-person shows and mm -hmm. in-person rehearsals soon, mm -hmm. and uh, just looking forward to the chance to be on stage again. Uh, what's going on in the world of Chuck Staten? For me, uh, a couple new projects. One of them just came out on the Tell em Steve Dave Patreon this week. Directed a new video for them, with them. Uh, it's it's kind of a long title. We do a show called Frank Five's Rewind. Yes. Starring Frank Five. And, and he, he talks about his favorite old TV shows. Right. And yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, and once in a while, we do Frank Five's Rewind Game Show Spotlight. Wow. And they'll do a game like an old game show. Okay. And so this week we did Frank Five's Rewind Game Show Spotlight, Card Sharks, part one. Wow. We have, it's a two-parter. It was three and a half hours of filming. Um, we're cutting it down to probably, you know, two hours and 20 minutes. Save them bloops. Yeah. And so this week was part one. That went up on Tuesday. That's up now. It's a video and audio. And uh, this podcast is coming out on May 27th, which yes. is a Thursday. I think same day, I think today... On the Tuesdays with Stories Patreon with Mark Norman and Joe List, we have a new video up called Hot Gay Sets, which Brad came up with the title of that. I did. <clears throat> That's a series where uh, we follow them to their live shows and uh, film kind of what happens surrounding the shows and the shows themselves. Right. I wish you had gotten their permission to follow them to the show. But yeah. Like hide, no, it's hiding in the backseat. Yep. And, yeah. It's yeah. a lot. I have yeah. that big blanket. Yeah. To drown. They never see me. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Hot Gay Sets, uh, New York City where there was a night where Joe and Mark and I kind of ran around New York City to the Comedy Cellar and the Stand and different places to film their sets on a typical Sunday night. Um, and I got to tell you, it was really, really fun to film this. And I think it's going to come through in the video, too. Let me know. Patreon.com slash Tell Steve Dave and Patreon.com slash Tuesdays. Um, and I guess finally, we'll talk about Tesdi Tapes. Yes. Yes. Tesdi Tapes, uh, a, a series of podcasts available through the Tell Him Steve Dave Patreon. Yes. In which Chuck is a co-host. Yes. And, I'm the only host. Yeah. Uh, Chuck hosts and yeah. asks the guys from the Tell Him Steve Dave universe. Yes. Kind of about their backstories and what's going on and, and yeah. so on and so forth. And so you had been anxious going into... Your first Tesdi tape episode with Sunday Jeff. Yeah, we did. We did the first. We did. We, you know, Brad and I did a mini series on our podcast called the Tesdi Town History uh, mini series, and uh, it turned into the Tesdi tapes. Did my first episode came out last week on the Tell Him Steve Dave Patreon uh, with Sunday Jeff, and now I've gotten. You know, I have a, over a week of responses. Last time we recorded, we only had like twenty four hours of responses. Right. Um, now I have a full view of everyone's feelings, <clears throat> and basically. I went through every comment, every single one. Very healthy. Yes. 22 negative comments. Uh-huh. Um, 155 positive. Oh, that's great. Yeah, pretty good. It's a good ratio. And many, many messages as well from yep. people that like it. So, you know, the whole idea with the Tell Him Steve Dave Patreon is like, if people like it, a, a thing we do, we continue to do it. Right. And if they don't, we don't. So that seems like a pretty good response. Yeah, in the 85% range of just likes. It's actually, I think, yeah. more like 80, 88. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um. 
and uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, but but it's ultimately it's up to Walt and everybody to see right. if they want to continue it. And I'd love to continue it, but we'll we'll see what happens. I'm I'm really very very thankful for all the people that liked it. Obviously, we read a couple comments last week on the podcast, and a couple new ones have come in that have been like super super uh, heartwarming, and um, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so that's good stuff. That's the kind of the new stuff with me. I'm still, you know, I'm working on Card Sharks Part Two coming out on the Tom Steve Dave oh, Patreon very soon. Makes sense. And we have another hot gay sets coming up. Oh, nice! About Mark Norman in L.A. Ooh. going on like a podcast tour on Whitney Cummings' podcast and, and Bobby Lee's and Krista Stefano, a bunch of people. Nice. And that's coming soon. So, what's new? What's new in the world of Brad? Anything else? Uh, you know, it's been a lot of uh, just work as we shift to summer housing and, and, and kind of uh, planning myself a, a trip back home to Indiana and, yeah. and how to see family and, and hang out with them and mm-hmm. what to do with the cat when I'm gone. So, Have you figured it out? No. No. Uh, the, I mean, the cat will stay uh, yes. and then, you know, you'll be in charge of her. And there was a chance that she was going to travel. Yes. Right? Yes. It's not just happen. It, it, not, not this year. I think, uh, I, I don't know that I'm ready for it. So yeah, sure. I hear you. Maybe next year. My dad is... Uh, he loves so, a cat. He's so... He's like, oh, I'm so... Like, let me video chat with the cat. And I'm like, what about with me? He's like, eh. And like, uh, yeah, I follow I'll fo- I follow kisses with for Brad Roy yeah. Instagram account. He uh, so he I I know he wants me to bring the cat home, but the idea of like, all right, I'm going to travel with this cat yeah. for five days. It's going to be in a new place, yeah. surrounded by six people, two of whom are children. Yeah, uh, there's going to be fireworks going off. Like it just seems like a lot. Yeah. Uh, this year, so maybe maybe you know, in when I visit in December, I can take the cat home. Sure. Or uh, or next year, yeah. but who knows. Yeah, it's a good cat. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, try, trying to figure all that stuff out. Yeah, I'm getting ready. You know, I'm I'm I, over the past month, I've been kind of transitioning to more and more video work with uh, Mark and Joe with Tuesdays with Stories, doing more smaller video projects for Kevin Smith. Um, some really cool stuff with Kevin Smith that I'll be involved in coming up pretty soon. Ninety nine percent confirmed. Um, I mean, according to Kevin Smith's. Uh, Behind the paywall podcast, 100% confirmed. Right. But uh, it should be 99% confirmed. A lot of cool stuff coming up very soon for me. Yeah, nothing's 100% confirmed until it's already happened. That's what I say. Yes. That's what I was telling my dad at dinner tonight when we were eating meatloaf together. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's it, man. I'm, I'm kind of uh, adjusting to this amount of work and trying to move my schedule around to make room for it. How's the office treating you? I know you were concerned, like coming into this situation of, uh, am I going to get enough work done? Yeah. I think it's been really good. I mean, my real, my only real concern was being able to support it financially. Right. The original idea was that my buddy Ray Harrington, comedian in Rhode Island, um, we were going to split it. Right. Then he just, he, you know, he, by the time it came around, cause it took a long time to find a place. He was like, Oh, it doesn't really make sense for me right now. So I said, okay. So I'm like, I got to take this on by myself. Took it on. It's been going really well in terms of, uh, being able to make enough with the new work to support it. Right. Um, and I think it does make me way, way, way more productive. Nice. During the day, I can come in and work for like eight hours straight without having, you know, a puppy around and other people and Ugh, all these what? different things. I know it's tough. I love that pup. I know. Um, but um, I think it's going to be going really good. I think that I honestly think I wouldn't have been able to handle this workload if I didn't have it, which is cool. Yeah, that's great. Because I've done, I, I was looking at it last year. I think I did 21 videos overall last year. Okay. And I'm basically approaching 21 right now for this year. Wow. Yeah. Year is not half over. Yeah, it's not half over. So it's a, it's a big increase. Um, but yeah, so things have been going good here. Um, 
and we were, we were thinking about like we're like what do we do in the past week and one of the things we did was we got together on saturday brad and i and i said damn it brad damn it uh we haven't done a live show in so long the I cove the the uh the corone the pan uh all three of them all teaming of up them. against us <laughs> yeah and so i was the like three, let's figure something out the three stooges of the apocalypse the, <laughs> the, the cove the corone and the pan <laughs> the three stooges of the apocalypse that's really funny um but uh I was like, let's get, let's start thinking about live shows, and we came up with what could be our next live show. Yes, um, that we hope could happen in August. Uh, and you know, our home club is the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island. Um, if it was possible to do it in other places like New York, New Jersey, wherever, maybe we could do that too. But I reached out for that first seed of a show in Rhode Island to see what the deal was, and, and we're going to find out if uh, if that's possible. But I was really glad we kind of hammered that out. I am already uh, dreading going around and putting up flyers for it. Oh, yeah. Ugh. There we go. Um, but also, we kind of talked about the podcast. We were like, what kind of episodes can we do coming up? We had so much fun making up our Godzilla and King Kong stories. Yes, we did. Mortal Kombat, Dr. McFrankenstein. Yeah. And we kind of came up with the fact that, like, well, let's let's figure out more, like, specifically named segments so we can kind of plan to do them right and so we came up with the with the name whenever we come up with our own pitch for something like our own godzilla versus kong our own mortal kombat characters we came up with the brilliant name pitch doctors pretty great it's very great oh yeah i'm pretty happy with that so when you know when we do like you know ideas like that we're gonna put pitch doctors blank and so i think that's gonna be really fun but i felt like saturday was like almost like a return to normalcy for how our podcast normally functions in terms right. of like, what's next, what's next, what's next? Because yes. we usually do have a plan. And that was like basically thrown up in the air for the past 15 months. Right. Uh, so it was cool to get that back into that. Um, and uh, Saturday out, night. Out of the rut and back into the groove. Yeah. No, that's pretty good. That's uh, that's the Simpsons reference. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good though. Yeah. Um, and then Saturday night, we went to a fire at my cousin Christian's house. He's the right. drummer of my of my a, band. Senior a bonfire, not like a house fire. Right, a bonfire, bonfire. Yeah, that's bonfire. that's how it's, bonfire. that's how it's that's pronounced. Like the leprechaun would say that. Yes, um, <clears throat> I want me bonfire. gold. Yeah, and uh, you know that was fun. We got to hang out with Christian, his wife Melissa, my buddy jo- our buddy Jordan, who lives with me, uh, Ben Chauvin, my cousin John, who is you know Christian's brother. Um, it was just a funny night of just like hanging out and being idiots together. Oh yeah, we were uh, we were pretty raucous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, lo- yeah. a lot of jokes were made. A lot of jokes at Christian's expense. Oh just yeah. Kind of. It's funny because th- we're we're slowly tiptoeing back into group hangout stuff, right? Yeah. Is that how you feel? Yeah. Um, and I, I I I guess I. You know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And, yeah, uh, right. And now we get a chance to get that back. It's it's like it's a wonderful life. Right. We get a chance to see our lives without other people. Well, I think the whole lyric is, you don't know what you got till it's gone, then you get it back and you know what you got. All right. In parentheses, I think they say that. All right. One of us <laughs> knows more about hair metal than the other. So... Um, then you get it back and you know what you got. Yes. That, um, was, that was Tom Kiefer's original pitch. Yes, right. The song. Uh, that was his pitch, Doctor. But... uh. Yeah, so it was it was just a, it was honestly like nothing of note happened. Nope. But it was just a funny night of being dumb, you know? I liked uh, you know, there were some leftover nachos and I was eating those as we walked back mm-hmm. and I'm like this is great. Oh yeah. I, I like this eating nachos while walking thing. This yeah, is great that, stuff. It was fun. There's a good rec- there's a Mexican restaurant in uh, in walking distance of my house. Yep. So we grabbed some Mexican food. 
Um, that was fun. And the only other thing we're really going to talk about from this week is Army of the Dead. We're going to close with that. We're going to do some spoiler-free review and reviewing. And then uh, with fair warning, we're going to go into spoiler-full reviews and talk about our feelings of Army of the Dead. Um, but before we get there, we have a couple little different things. You wanted to talk about Call of Duty, you said. I do. I've uh, probably for the past month or two, that has been my video game go-to. Uh, you know, I finished Cyber Shadow, I finished The Messenger, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, hit a wall with Mario 3D World, in in which I am foolishly, some would say, trying to beat every level with every character for no real reason. So uh, I was like, all right, well, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War came with my Xbox Series X. It, you know, the Call of Duty series is not a series I seek out. It's not something I play regularly. Uh, I've played in the past and found that other people in multiplayer are just too good to make it fun for me because they know the maps. And as you level up, your weapons get better and what you can call in gets better. And it gets to be pretty frustrating to be, for lack of a better term, a permanent noob in that game slash series. Right. So I permanent put, noob is the name of your autobiography. Yes. <laughs> Kisses for Brad Roar. <laughs> so reviewed I, by Kisses for Brad, <laughs> Brad Roar. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I put those feelings aside because of the cove, the corona, and the pan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm just going to play this. It just gives me something to do, something mindless to do. You know, it's it's a bare minimum of competition in which I don't care if I win or lose. Mm-hmm. I don't care about my kill to death ratio. I don't care about any of that. Right. And uh, I have put in, again, over the past probably six weeks to two months, I've put in, I think, 35 hours wow. playing the game. Because That's I, a lot. I didn't know that Xbox tracks your usage. Yes. And, uh, and you can look at the hours spent. Yes. Sometime we'll talk about how much time you've spent playing Dying Light. Me? Yes. It's probably like 65 it is over a hundred hours. No, it's not. It, Me? It absolutely is. No, it's not. It absolutely is. It's. Yeah. I will say. Let's just say. Let's just throw this out there. Brad's talking about a game that came out five years ago. Uh, it's. It came out before the house fire. Okay. So maybe it. Maybe it came out for you. Maybe you got it for me for Christmas, two thousand fourteen. Right. And it's two thousand twenty-one. Yeah, six and a half years. Yeah. So maybe, maybe yeah. over all that time, I guess. Right. Wow. Over a hundred hours I put into it. That's correct. Yes. Over six years. Yes. Which wow. isn't bad. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, it's weird because I, I, I traditionally enjoy narrative games significantly more than I uh, enjoy online competitive games. I loved Halo 2 many years ago. I loved Halo 3, but I was playing those games with friends and we were chatting and we would strategize and say, all right, uh, Brad, you're really bad. You're, you go try and steal the flag. And when they kill you and they're they're teabagging your corpse, we'll swoop in and steal the flag. And I'm like, all right, that's the role I need to play. I'm, I'm the bait role. And uh, <laughs> Teabagged corpse. That's your autobiography name. <laughs> You know, pretty successful life with two autobiographies. <laughs> T-bagged corpse. <laughs> Keep going. It's all right. So I, That's uh, funny. So I, I, I miss the camaraderie of these things. And so, but the idea of saying like, all right, I'm going to get, I'm going to get five friends as yeah. adults. Yes. Uh, many of whom have families and, and whatnot and say, all right, we're going to be on it this time to play through to play Call of Duty for two hours, yeah, and uh, at the end of it, we'll all have slightly better guns, right? In the game, I know, and that's it, I know. And so, 
I, I don't have that. And it, I don't even have like good strategy, like a good communication where I, you know, usually if I start the match and someone's talking, like they're talking to someone else in the room with them, they're playing music through their microphone. Like it's very rarely game related. Yeah. And I probably honestly have had two games that it's like, somebody's like, oh, there's a guy by the statue. Oh, now he's in the garage. Now he's doing this. And uh, I can't stop laughing at Teabag Corpse. Can uh, I tell you why? Please do. There's something so funny about you. <laughs> There's something so funny and perfect about you about like disliking stuff like that. Yep. So like it's you sitting in front of a TV and looking at it and seeing your own player and someone teabagging it. Yep. Your face looking at it is like, it's like a normal Norman Rockwell painting to me. Like I want that to be on my wall. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So yeah, so I, I I don't have the camaraderie now, right? But I you know I've been playing it, and I'm really you know you and I well more you than me. Uh, when I was playing Angry Birds two for my phone, and I was like, oh, I logged in you know three hundred days in a row, and you're like, <laughs> what did your bird get a new hat or something? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that yeah. it's kind of the same thing with this Call of Duty, where it's like, oh, I have a new scope for my gun, and you're yeah. and you're like, oh, does the scope make your gun any better? I'm like, uh, uh-huh. yeah, right, yeah. Um, so I I need to find a different game. And I was like, yeah. oh man, like I got Chuck The Last of Us Part Two for Christmas. Yes. I think it's still shrink wrapped in your in your uh video I think game it was drawer. used, but yeah, you yeah, can, it's yeah. So I'd yeah. like to borrow the last of us part borrow two. Borrow it, yeah. I was waiting for the podcast to ask because you know, you can't say no in front of all the chubies. You, you got me two games for Christmas. Yes. It was Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two and Last yes. of Us Two. And man oh man, did I hundred percent and more Tony Hawk Pro Skater Pro Skater One and Two. Yep. Um, how many hours did I put into that? Probably about like 25, right. 26. Um, yeah, you can borrow it until I'm, until I'm nice and ready. Cause nice. I also had, I got Spider-Man for Christmas from Gina, right? Spider-Man Miles Morales. And so I started playing that around Christmas and I haven't played it in you a while. You also have my copy of Spider-Man. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having, having a narrative game and yeah. spending the time to learn the story yeah. of this game feels different, feels like less of a waste of time. Than trying to, Man. you know, get a new camo for my gun, even though I'm not going to change it from the blue and orange that looks like the bear's colors. Man, I got to tell you, I completely agree. It's one of those things that I almost feel like I missed out on as like a, you know, someone who turned 18 in 2004, no, 2002. Yep. You would think that with that, you know, my age group, I would have got into online gaming at some point. Right. But I just never got into it because I could not connect it. Just doing like, you know, going into a, like a battle or like a right. whatever it is, I can never get into it. Although, as a youth, I loved playing GoldenEye like with people in the room. Right. I loved playing Mario Kart 64 with people in the room. Like that was a big thing to me when I was like 11. Yeah. Um, but it did not translate to let me play online with a headset. I just right. never got into it. The closest thing I ever did was at the beginning of the Three Stooges of the Apocalypse. It was me, you, Jordan, Bilal, all people that know each other in real life, right. playing through the game World War Z like that. But even that, I think, is different because we actually were playing, A, we're playing a story mode right. to get through the game, and B, we know each other. Right. Um, although you, it was weird, though. We'd be like, all right, we're about to start. And Brad's like, hold on, just get a cheese stick in the mail. Thank you. And, and you're like... That happened once. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I got a hamburger from Chomp, and it was one of the best hamburger experiences of my life. I know. I heard it was great. Yeah. From you. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I never got into it. And I think part of it is the same thing as you. It's like when you feel like, it's almost like if you were, here's here's what it's like. 
it's like if you're watching a movie that you heard is good, right? You're like, cool. And then someone's like, why don't you pause it and walk around in this scene? That's what it feels like, where oh. I'm just like, okay, uh, well, let's see what they do with the scene. I'd rather see the movie. That's how it feels to me. Interesting. I'd rather, it's, it's a whole piece. I'll, I'll say, I have fun playing this game. I just feel like I'm spending my time and not, uh, other, it, it sucks because like, other than having fun, I'm not getting anything out of it. But yeah. like, if I can have fun playing a game and also get something out of it or yeah. feel a sense of real accomplishment, it's, it's, I'd prefer that. It's one of those things where if I sat down to do it and like a half hour went by, I'd be like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, that, that's how I would feel. Right. Um, whereas if I was playing through like a game, I'd be like, oh, this is cool. Or yeah. I'd be into the story. Like, yeah. Like Red Dead. Mm-hmm. Great. Red Dead Online. Feel like I'm wasting my time. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. Um, I don't really know that much about Red Dead Online, um, but I, I, I assume I, I know enough. Um, now there's a story mode, I think. Oh, okay. I think there is. That, that's why I'm wondering. Well, I was going to ask you, did you see the new Call of Duty update? The action hero one. Yes. Yeah. Well, that, that's part of it is that. Talk about this because I don't really know that much about right. this. So they introduced uh, new character skins, mm-hmm. one of which is vaguely like John McClane in, in the first Die Hard and one of which is vaguely like Sylvester Stallone as, as Rambo. I thought it was pretty licensed because mm. Nakatomi Plaza is called Nakatomi right. Plaza. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't get the actor's specific mm, likenesses. The likeness rights. So. Uh, ah, yes. The I, Back to the Future. Uh, predece- you know, that whole lawsuit. Yes. You know about this. Yes. Where they didn't get the same guy, Crispin Glover, to play the dad in the second one. Right. And they made someone look like him. And they started a lawsuit where he sued the company, Universal, and said, you can't use my likeness right. without, you know, me agreeing to it. And that became a thing. So maybe that's what it is. Right. Um, yeah. Nakatomi Plaza is in Call of Duty Warzone, which is the, uh, the free-to-play version. Uh, but this, there are like nine challenges over the course of uh, 12 days or 14 days or whatever. And if you beat all nine of those challenges, you get like a new gun or something. Yeah. And then, you know, you have to play to level up that gun. Right. So it's it's weird because it's, it's like the sense of accomplishment the, of, of like, oh, I did it. I killed 25 people with a knife o- yeah. over the last five battles. Great. Now I just have to kill. I I've, and, and, you know, I've done eight of the nine challenges and I have I have to kill 10 more people with the death machine gun, which is like, yeah, um, you know, like a, a, a handheld Gatling gun. That, that you have to earn as you play the game and like get a high enough score right. so they drop it so you can use it. It's, it's yeah. And I, uh, I will say I'm looking at the trailer for this right now. Yeah. It is 100% John McClane. Okay. It's not vaguely like it. Well, then my TV is bad. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is, and I completely agree with you, the idea of creating these 80s, well, not 80s, but let's just say action movie set pieces. Yeah. And now you can be John McClane fighting down Nakatomi Plaza. Right. That does seem cool, but it seems cool for like an hour. Yeah. It's tough. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's different game modes. And so, and, and you're mixed in with like the Call of Duty characters, whether they're the, the, the main story characters or the generic characters, you know, yeah. whatever. And, you know, mine's just set on random. I don't care what my character looks like. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, some games I'm like, oh, I'm going to try and use a sniper rifle and I'm terrible with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get killed a bunch. And some days I'm like, oh, like... I heard this gun is good. I'm going to use this gun. So, you know, I, I I think, again, as things return to normal and we do more stuff and we go more places, yeah. I will have less time for stuff like this. Yeah. And I will spend my time on more narrative video games. Yeah, it's tough. I, I just, I never could get into it. Even when it seemed fun, 
it was just hard for me. Like I, I knew people that had like LAN parties with Halo. Yeah. And they'd have like a bunch of TVs. That's more fun to me because you're with your friends. Right. But uh, man, playing online with people you don't know, it's just, it's hard for me to think about. Right. For me, for video games, for me, it's like I've been playing through uh, just Mario Odyssey I went back to. Nice. Because we beat 3D World right. when it was re-released in like February or January. And uh, I never really 100%ed Mario Odyssey. Right. I like, you know, I got like 600 whatever moons out of a thousand yeah so i 60 percented it yep and now i'm just playing it but i man i i feel i don't want to say regretful but i'm bummed that i don't spend more time playing really good video games yeah because i know that spider-man miles morales is going to be great last of us 2 is going to be great red dead 2 is going to be great and eventually dying light 2 is going to be great which is coming out soon right and i'll say that you know another hundred hours in over the next six years having a game that you can drop into quickly yeah, that's 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 one of the reasons I play like Mario games. Right. Is because if I have 15 minutes to play in terms of Red Dead 2, you barely get to the start screen. Right. You know, um, but yeah, I hear you. All right. I got, a, I got an article here I thought was interesting. Bring it. Ready for this? Yes. This is from GameSpot.com. It's about Jackass 4. Okay. Steve-O has a doctor paralyze him for Jackass 4. Wow. If entertainer and stunt performer Steve-O's recent interviews and online content are anything to gauge Jackass 4 by, the upcoming newest entry in the franchise sounds like it will truly outdo its predecessors. Excuse me. In a recent video uploaded to his personal YouTube account, Steve-O revealed that for the film, he successfully convinced the doctor to paralyze him from the waist down for a stunt, and that's just for starters. Now, I'm just going to say this. I think I, I did watch this video before I read this article. I was pretty sure he said... That he did this, these things for his own YouTube. Okay. But maybe he did it for Jackass 4. I don't know. All right. So here's, here's what the article continues. Dude, everything that's about to happen right now is all bad. I love it, says Steve-O in the clip. Later, he explains that he might have actually talked a doctor into dressing up as a clown so he could put a four-inch needle into my spine and inject me with a drug that would paralyze me from the waist down while I was sprinting and, be, and before all kinds of terrible shit happened to me. If just reading about these sort of antics is too much for you or you scoff at even considering them antics, it likely goes without saying you don't need to watch the above video, which shows a few moments of the aforementioned injection and focuses on Steve-O prepared for the movie. If you think that sounds bad, bear in mind that co-star Giant Oxville suffered a brain hemorrhage as a result of a stunt he filmed for Jackass 4. It's due out in theaters on October 22nd, and it's the first Jackass film since 2010's Jackass 3D. <clears throat> there, so this, this is kind of why I think it was not for Jackass 4. Is because they show the clip of it in oh, this okay. video. Right. And I'm like, I don't think they would give that away in, right. in a random Steve-O YouTube video if right. it was for Jackass 4. It also sounds a little dark for Jackass. It kind of does. You know? And the, the video is a little disturbing. Um, <clears throat> I mean, maybe maybe me and you might have an extra sensitivity to spine injections since we've had a few. Yes. Um, although the spine injections weren't really a big deal to me. Were they a big deal to you when you had them? Um, no. Me and Brad had, <clears throat> had similar uh, spine issues a long time ago. I don't know that I had spine injections. I think you did. And oh, I you didn't have a, I, what's I th- it called? I, when you can only get three in one spot. Cortisone shot. Cortisone shot. I did not. My my case was too far advanced by the time I got to a doctor. <laughs> and they were like, surgery it is, Bradley. <laughs> just, just throw tea back my corpse. <laughs> as, as, as far as I know. <laughs> I'm like, ah, they didn't. And they're like, here's the video from the surgery. I was just going to say, it's you going home after the podcast tonight. You're like, hmm. And you see the VHS. It says yeah. Brad's surgery. You're like, I never watched this. And you put it in. Ah! Yeah. I like uh, to think it's, a, it's like a thermal camera <laughs> shot of my head. 
And I'm like, ah, oh, there, I'm fine. You know, all yellows and reds. And then, you know, a certain shape comes down, <laughs> yellow and red. And what just, the? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Is someone feeding me peanut M&Ms? No. <laughs> that's so funny. Don't back my corpse. <laughs> oh, man. One of the... One of the pranks I've always wanted to do is to kill someone and teabag them. I, well, I never, I never thought that I could do this prank. I never thought I could get away with this. And maybe that this prank exactly wouldn't have happened. But I always wanted to do a prank to, you know, because we used to do, we used to film pranks once in a while. Right. I wanted to do a prank to my ex lead guitarist for Senior Discount, where he was sleeping. And we went up to him while he was sleeping already, mm-hmm. and we took uh, chloroform and we like knocked him out when he was already sleeping. Right. You know, so, he's, so whatever. And then we took him up in an airplane and we did a skydive with him, <laughs> like strapped to like, you know, whoever, right. like a, a safety guy. Yeah. Landed. Well, he's still knocked out. We might have to keep chloroforming him and then put him back in his bed. <laughs> and that's it, right? Then, right. then he wakes up and he's like, oh man, I'm kind of like sore or whatever. Yeah. And then like a week later, somehow find a clever way to bring up, you know, a time that he skydived. And it's like, it's like, yeah, you, of course, you don't remember skydiving? He's like, no, I never skydived. I'm like, I'll bet you $1,000 that you skydived. And he's like, fine. And he shakes on it. Then you reveal the video that you took of him sleeping and skydiving. Right. Come on, tell me that's not funny. I, it's it's great. I just... Uh, any, any problems? Yeah, you know, legally, yes. What? Ethically, also, yes. Yeah. Uh, I just, when I went skydiving, I had to sign like a 35-page waiver. And the idea of finding an organization that would be willing to take this unconscious man up. <laughs> okay, I have an idea for this. Okay. Solution. Weekend at Bernie's. You said 35-page paper. How many times did you sign your name? Uh, probably 50 to 70, honestly. No. Yeah. 50 to 70 times? Yeah. Let's, let's Multiple say was, times Let's say it was per... 10. Okay. <laughs> it was 10 times. Sure. Here's what we do. We slowly trick him into signing a piece of paper, like once a month for 10 months. Uh-huh. And then we got his 10 signatures. Okay. What do you think? On the waiver. <laughs> well, we got to use some carbon paper. Okay. I think. Um, but so let's say, let's say skydiving might be tough. I, I, all right. Alternate idea. Yes. Body double. And or body double to sign the waivers. Oh, yes. And then we swap them out as they're getting on the, like uh, getting oh, onto the this. plane. Uh, let's just, without... This guy had an identical twin. Ah, there you go. He, he could he could sign the waivers and like you know Take a picture suit up in the in the same clothes. Okay, so now we're tri- we're tricking the the the, the corpse, the, the the sleeping man. Yes, and we got to trick the people at the school. Yes. So double prank. Let's let's use uh let's use some fake names. How about the the sleeping guy's name is Jimmy. Okay. Or Timmy. Yep. And the one who's going to help us, the twin who's going to help us, who looks like just like him, Jimmy. Jimmy. Okay. So Jimmy comes. I'm so excited for a skydive. He meets, uh, you know, Captain Rick. That's the guy who's doing it. Of course. So Captain Rick. He's like, hey, look at my cool, unique shirt. Yeah, look at my unique shirt. Yeah, exactly. I have a unique shirt. Maybe we'll, we'll match a tattoo. While yeah, I said, I'm perfect. Out too. Perfect. You know, he's like, look at my tattoo. And we give a tattoo right below his, uh, the back of his neck. Yeah. Okay. We give them both it to the, to the unconscious guy and to the one that's willing, the right. twin that's willing. Right. He shows Rick. Rick sees all these different things. And then, uh, and, and so Jimmy... Who is conscious? We'll say like, yeah, like sometimes, you know, I have a little bit of narcolepsy. I need to pretend to yawn a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Captain Rick's like, oh, that's okay. And he signs all the stuff in front of him, pretends to be Timmy, says his name is Timmy. Then when Ranger Rick 
is in the helicopter. Like he turns the key. Is it Captain Rick or Ranger he's Rick? He's in the key and it's not starting. He's giving it the gas. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he's you're, like, shake it, shake it. You're, out, all, you're outside with a spark plug. Like, hold on. Like, we're, all, we're all shaking it to get okay. it to start. Yep. It's like, you're going to have to push us a little bit to give us a good start. Like, okay. And so he did you say this was in a helicopter, by the way? <laughs> yeah, it was a helicopter, I guess. And so anyway. <laughs> so okay. he, anyway, he you know, he just get, he knows his own car. And uh wait, is it a car, a helicopter, or a plane? I mean, it's a, a vehicle. Yeah. Yep. As Ranger Rick is Captain Rick. Is, uh what's it called? Distracted. Yep. Jimmy jumps in the bushes. Yep. We slowly slide out from the bushes. Timmy, who yep. we put there the night before. Of course. So we know the he's there. The whole night before. <laughs> we had to give him a lot of chloroform. Okay. We don't know if he'll ever wake up. Yep. But if he does, this is going to be a good prank. We slide him up. We're like, oh, Jimmy fell asleep. And he goes, Let me, are you sure that's Jimmy? And we're like, oh, look at his unique or shirt. Jimmy? And we're like, well, yeah, <laughs> look at his shirt. And he's like, I don't know. I got to see this tattoo. And we show him the tattoo. He's like, oh, that's him. Yep. You know, we, we slump him onto the plane. Maybe mm. we have a crane that has to lift <laughs> him up into the plane, right? Yep. Um. So that we're shaking the helicopter, finally starts, and we have to lift it up off the ground to give it a good, like, let's go, heave ho. Yep. It goes up in the air. Now we got him in the air, and Ranger Rick doesn't know the difference. Yep. What do you think about that? I mean, there's some flaws, but... uh, (laughs) All right. I think we have to say... Here we go. So we get... uh, I'm trying to remember which one. All right. We get Jimmy to say, look, we're filming this as a bit. Uh, it's just a joke. It's for a music video for a band called the 1975. Yes. Very famous. Uh, we're going to pretend, I, I'm going to pretend to be asleep. <laughs> these guys, so these guys are my cameramen. So like, but I'm a method actor. So if it seems like I'm really and truly asleep, I'm just a great actor. Right, right. He's a great actor. And uh, he's like, what? He's like, he's like, you could do anything to me. Slap me. He's like, here, and he gives him like a sigh. Yeah. He's like, poke me with this with the Raphael sigh. Yes. You know, hit me with a nunchuck. Right, because any that, of any of the Ninja Turtles weapons, yep, are all in play. You can try to wake him up. He's not going to wake up. Even Casey Jones's bat. Yes. And so then you have you have a uh, Captain here's a, here's Rick. A, here's a mouser. Sky. <laughs> Sky, the sky, skydiver, skydiver Rick is then like, you know, he's playing, he's playing on the whole way down yeah. on what he thinks is Jimmy, but it's Timmy. And he's, he's whacking him with the bow. He's like, ah, oh, look at how funny this is. <laughs> he's slicing him up with the sword. Yep. See, this guy is crazy. Yeah. He's such a good actor. He's staying asleep the whole time. Christian Bale stepped to the side. Yep. Daniel Day-Lewis who? Yep. Uh, Jimmy. Yep. <laughs> Jimmy's the new actor. And uh, right, and, then, so you and, and, and then and then they land, and you know he unhooks him. He's like, "Hey, you can wake up now." <laughs> yeah, what about and this well, part? and and then and then you know we're like, "Oh, hang on, uh, he, he uh, we have to film the scene where he comes out of the bushes and he's wide awake." <laughs> so we drag his lifeless body slumps to the ground. We we teabag his lifeless body, <laughs> and then we drag him over <laughs> to the bushes. Say, Wait a minute, you didn't say this part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, yeah, then Jimmy comes out of the bushes and we're like, all right, uh, thank you so much. Uh, don't go by those bushes for another two to four hours. Yep. Yep. Uh, here's some chloroform. No reason. So that's, that's, so that's a good prank. Yeah. It's a very good prank. Well, so, okay. So let's just say for the sake of argument, it might Uh be tough to do. Yeah. For the sake of argument, this hypothetical prank. It might be hard. Um, what if instead, Mm -hmm. Like just the idea of the framework of the someone's asleep, right. you chloroform them while they're asleep, mm-hmm. then you make them do a crazy thing, right. and you put them back in their sleeping right. position. I think that's hilarious, but I do think you are crossing some boundaries. Yeah. Um, 
However, I'll put it this way. Let's okay. Let's say I did this to you in our real life. Okay. Uh, I can actually probable. I, I guess if 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 I'm I, surprised it hasn't happened already. You know, what? let's give me a real answer, not a joking answer. If I did it to you, I'd be furious. And, I, and all I did was put you. I, all I did was put a tuxedo on you, and you're sitting on your couch with a top hat. Are you furious? I don't like you in my house without my permission. <laughs> what about the chloroform? That's a million times worse than the house. No, that's it starts. Yeah, you're going with, down the uh, list. With, with unlawful entry. <laughs> um, so you wouldn't like that? No, I would not. But what if we were hired to be in the new Jackass movie? Uh, then it's funny. Yeah, then it's you get, really you get footage. Funny. Yeah. yeah. So then, it, then, yeah, it's it's tough because I think maybe the best way to do it would be you have to chloroform someone and then maybe put them in a performance situation. Right. That would be hilarious. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to probably calculate exactly when they're going to wake up. Right. But I do think it's funny. I just think you are, you know, going to hell if you do that, probably. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I guess I said that prank in public. So that means that, you know, if you want to steal it, you can steal it, but you got to send me the YouTube link. Yeah, but don't don't give us credit. No. We don't we don't want credit for you. Maybe just uh Nope. Nope. It's conceptual not. credit. Yeah, we're but we're, not in, not liable. Right, put, yeah. Put that in the credits. Yeah, give us give us all the credit but none of the liability. How about yeah, that? Yeah, you can even put that in the credits. Yes. Um So yeah, man, so I want I, what I wanted to talk about today. Oh yeah, anyway, to finish it up. Yeah. Uh Steve-O, the doctor paralyzing right. him. I don't know what that's going to be. It seems pretty dark, yeah. But it might be good. It might yeah. be funny. Um, and Brad sent me an article from GQ today that was kind of an interview with Johnny Knoxville about Jackass Four, and it was really great. It was a great article, and it was really interesting. And his take on everything was really cool. And it was a very, it was kind of a strange article in terms of tone, right? Um, but I do think this is my call, May twenty fifth, two thousand twenty one, because they're all older. I think that they're going to go out of their way to make this a crazier movie than any of the other movies. I think so as well. Which is awesome. Yeah. I've never... I, I There's no comparable film experience to seeing a Jackass movie in the theaters when you, for the first time. It's so fun. I can't wait to do it. Maybe I can kind of do a weird thing for our podcast and contact someone. We could watch it with them for the first time. That'd be great. What if I get Steve-O to watch it in the theater with us That'd and we be great. filmed our reactions? Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yes, it would. Um, anyway... Last thing we want to talk about today, we're going to do a spoiler-free talk about the new Army of the Dead movie, and then we're going to give you fair warning before we go into spoilers. Army of the Dead, why don't you give a little setup, Brad? Army of the Dead is uh, written, uh, at least directed by Zack Snyder, who uh, did, among other films, 2004's Dawn of the Dead, Mm -hmm. uh, but then did 300 and Watchmen and Man of Steel and Batman v Superman original director of Justice League, Joss Whedon took it over, uh, fans rebelled mm-hmm. and wanted the Snyder cut of Justice League, and so he recut the film, and it was recently re-released uh, through HBO Max. Right. And uh, so Army of the Dead is a project of his, original IP, um, filmed uh, a couple years ago, and uh, released now. Uh, stars Dave Bautista, formerly yes. Batista, in yes. uh, in the WWE, and um, you know other actors as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about zombies who have taken over Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, the government has walled off the city, and uh, Dave Bautista has to lead his ragtag team back into the city to enter a high security vault. And obtain two hundred million dollars. Can I can I tell you what, uh, uh, something I thought of recently? Please, and you can tell me 
Chuck, you're you're an idiot. You deserve to be drugged and uh, skydived sky against your will. Yep. Teabagged your corpse. Would you ever skydive uh, consciously? <sighs> I don't think so. Bungee jump? I don't think so. Hmm. I think it's just too much, and I don't know what I get out of it. It's like playing Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, skydiving for me, I... Uh, didn't eat breakfast that morning yeah. because I'm like, oh, I don't want to throw up. But yeah. then, you know, I spun around so much and there's so much adrenaline and nothing in my body to absorb the adrenaline. I threw up. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, but it was like, you know, it's one of those things like I, I did. you said you threw up because of all the teabagging. No, no. I was fine with that. <laughs> that was fine. Yeah. I, uh, I, I did it and then can say I did it. Yeah, sure. And that's kind of what it comes down to. I And I was like, I am more comfortable skydiving than I would be bungee jumping because then somehow being reliant on the parachute and a backup chute makes more sense to me than being reliant on one bungee cord. Yeah. No, so, I hear you. Um, but yeah, so go ahead. Well, here's, here's my thought. Yeah. I've been thinking about a lot about the fact that I like so many things. And right. like, this has been a consistent thing in our podcast for a long time where, you know, Ray... Buddy Ray Harrington comes on and we kind of call it snob versus cob when I like something and he doesn't like it and he hammers me about why it's bad, right? I think you're going to get some of that tonight, my friend. Oh, boy. And uh, and I, sometimes I feel like I, I see things and we talked about this kind of, we touched on it recently where I said, sometimes I feel like I don't know the difference between a good thing and a bad thing. Right, <clears throat> right, of course. Um, But here's what I think. And tell me if there's any, uh, if it just makes any sense to you. Let's say you're on a piece of, on a table, you have two pieces of food. One is the grossest sandwich you ever ate. Mm -hmm. And right next to it is the most delicious cake you ever ate. Mm. Me and you take a bite of both. Mm -hmm. We both think the sandwich is terrible. Yes. Well, it's the grossest. And the cake is great. Yes. And you say, oh, the cake was so terrible. Not, not necessarily you and anyone else. Right. The sandwich says, was so terrible. The sandwich was so terrible. That sandwich yeah. was so terrible. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That cake was so good. And they're like, but that sandwich, oh my God, it was disgusting. It tastes like, I'm like, yeah, the cake was so good. And we kind of have the same opinions. Right. But it's almost like I'm drawn more to express the positive opinions and focus on them. And it's and I, I think that there is A, that, and B, much like Call of Duty, I wonder if I'm like, well, I don't find any redeeming qualities about really talking about the bad sandwich. I love focusing on the good sandwich. Right. It's cake, not really... The good cake. The good cake, sorry. It's not really about a difference of opinion. Right. It's almost a difference of philosophical perspective. Right. What do you think about that? I, I mean, I agree with you. Well, uh, do you think that that's a possibility uh, that could explain my exuberance? I do. Um, and, I, and I think there are things that, uh, you know, people bring up as criticisms of film or, or whatever we're discussing. And... You know, you you acknowledge those things, right? But don't dwell on them. Yeah, or or see, th then there's a weird thing where it's like, well, this didn't bother me. Where someone's like, "Hey, in Jurassic Park, what uh, Lex did at the end was really simple and dumb. Anyone could have done that, right? Because she saves the day with the computer stuff, right? I, well, I don't Unix. She knows that it doesn't bother me at all, right? What do you think about that? Um, like like. When you just are like, well, this movie, this logic thing bothers me. This one, it doesn't. I mean, very, very infamously, when we went to see that Mel Gibson movie, Ransom, Payback, yeah. one of them. Probably. And I was I was super mad because nobody in the movie or audience recognized the symptoms of radiation poisoning except for me. Yeah. 
And uh, I was like, yeah, I knew what was going on 30 seconds into the movie. So nothing mm -hmm. nothing about it surprised me. And I was so mad that you yeah. guys didn't get it. And I might add, wouldn't see it my way of like, oh, this this unique plot yeah. didn't didn't work for me. Like right. the whole structure of the movie was was ruined because I knew what was going on. Yeah, because you had a piece of the puzzle that no one else saw. Right. Basically. Um, but it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about the idea of like, well, what if two people see something not only is it subjective, right? But they also actually see the same things, and their focus is just more on this or this, right? That's an, that's an interesting aspect of this, right? Um, or like you know, let's say me, I don't really, I didn't grow up with GI Joe, right. I didn't grow up with Transformers, mm -hmm. so both of those concepts are kind of not interesting to me, right? Does that bring someone through the door and grab them in a different way, right? That makes them more excited for the project. Yeah. Um, but the idea of seeing things exactly the same way and saying, yes, I see this is bad. I think this is clever. And someone, and one person being like, well, I don't care about the clever thing. And someone else is like, well, I don't care about the bad thing. Right. It's a weird thing to think about. Right. And I've never heard anyone really bring it up. Right. Um, <clears throat> but I think about this when I think about this movie and a lot of other movies where I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to think about that when you see all the same things, but your focus is on the positive or your focus is on the negative and how to, how to either control that or is it a problem or what do you think about that? I, I, I think if you only bring up the negative without acknowledging the positive, yeah, it's a problem similar. And, and just the same, you know, we, we, yeah. our term is bright siding things. Yeah. If you're only bringing up the positive without acknowledging the negative, I think that's a problem. Mm -hmm. But I think being able to acknowledge, even if you're not dwelling on it to mm -hmm. say, you know, um, you know, I'm just trying to think of a movie that is an army of the dead. If, if you know, if it's Jurassic World and you're like, well, uh, I thought the, 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 the way the nanny was killed was too violent. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even if you're like, I don't think it was that big of a deal, but yeah, I can see where people would say that. Right. That to me makes sense. But if you're like, no, the movie was great. And if I'm like, but what about the nanny? And you're like, no, she deserved to die. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a jump too. Right. Uh, my feeling about that nanny part is that it shows anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. So it's interesting. It's just an interesting thing. I've been thinking about it a lot more when I see like reviews online and they kind of list all the things of a movie that are this. And I feel I agree with all of them. Right. They're like, this movie was bad. And I'm like, what do you mean? I thought it was great. Yeah. That's kind of strange. Okay. But I guess the, you know what, you know what is subjective in that case though? The equation. Yeah. This is more important to me. This holds more weight for me. Right. Stuff like that. It's almost like, uh, I feel like, you know, if me and you go into Fast and Furious, we are like, stunts were amazing. Yep. What a great tone. How much fun was that? If someone's like, I didn't like that. I thought the plot was dumb. Why didn't they do this? Right. We're just like, you just have a different, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's, I, I think there's going to be some elements of that when we discuss Army of the Dead. Oh, boy. It Yeah. <clears throat> Let's do spoiler free. Yes. Uh, spoiler free. Here's my thoughts. One, why is it called Army of the Dead? Because it's a heist movie, right. you know, where they're going into, you, you explained it, and yes, they put together a team, but it's not an army, or, or is the army of the dead the people? I mean, the zombies. Is that really an army? I mean, right. it doesn't, it seems like a, I don't know, it, it's, army of the dead is a bad name, I think, for it. It's a cool title. Yes. But maybe not for this project. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Viva, is there like a loss that reminds, that means like a dead? I don't know. Anyway, um... But uh, I think it's a dumb title. I thought the first trailer was awesome. Yes. It looked like a very grand movie. Uh, I loved the zombie tiger, as we've talked about. 
It looked like a lot of fun. I love Dawn of the Dead 2004. Zack Snyder directed that as well. So I went in with kind of high hopes, but it was also coming straight out to Netflix. I didn't know what that meant. Batista, is he going to carry a movie? We went into it. I saw the running time, which is two and a half hours. And I really had so much fun with it. I thought the story was very fun. I thought they pushed and pulled and added moments of tension in all the right places to keep you engaged. And they added, you know, not only the typical obstacles, but fun moments. I thought that the action stuff was like more involved and more thoughtful than a lot of like action stuff that would be in a zombie movie. Right. I feel usually like there'd be like a part where someone gets stuck, action, action, action. Then either they get out of it or they don't. Right. And in this, it seemed like there was like every one of those scenes was like three times as long as normal. And they cared about the content, the action content of those scenes. Right. thought that was great. Um, <clears throat> I liked all the wrinkles in the story. We watched it with our friend Michaela. She made a call early on. And I was like, what the hell is she talking about? Yep. And she was right. Yes. And I thought that was crazy. Um, they, they played a lot with zombie rules um, and just added to them. And they specifically added maybe like four or five different new things to these zombies. And I got to say, I was pretty much behind all of them. I liked all of them a lot. Right. Um, and uh, overall, I thought it was great. I mean, I think the cast was, I don't want to say like forgettable, but, you know, they just played their parts. Right. It wasn't like you were like, man, I'd love to see a movie about that guy. I'd love to see a movie. Right. They had, you know, a muscle guy. They had a safe cracking guy. They had like the, you know, the corporate guy that's looking over them and all these different things. Um, and I thought they all played their parts and did really well. And as a zombie movie, I give it like a strong, like B plus. Okay. And I really, really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, and I recommend it if you like zombie movies, spoiler free. I thought it was fun. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I thought it was fun, Yeah, but I thought it was dumb. Uh, I thought characters made dumb decisions. I thought that like on all in all directions, mm-hmm. uh, different dumb decisions. I thought that there were some directing decisions that were dumb. Yeah. I thought there were some story elements that were dumb in a standalone film, but as there is going to be a prequel and an animated series and possibly a sequel, uh, maybe those choices will pay off. Yeah. I don't have a ton of faith that they will, but like as as they stand, you know, in this one, one of the things Chuck and I were arguing about uh, uh, not even a plot point, a part of the movie. And he said, you know, it, it, it might pay off in the future. And I said, you know what, if it does, I'm happy to accept it in this, but for now, I just don't like it. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, uh, and I like the more I've thought about the movie, the more of those moments I have thought of. <laughs> so, All right. and I, I but, but again, I had fun watching it. Yeah. Like the action was like, you know, comparing yeah. it to Fast and Furious, the idea of like, mm-hmm. I'm not really concerned about the plot of a Fast and Furious film. I want to see vroom, 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 vrooms, kablooies, and some butts. Yeah. And in this, like, let me see some cool action scenes, yeah. some zombie head explodes. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Butts. Yes. Zom, I, zom butts. My, my final spoiler free thing too is I did not like the way that they shot this. Very blurry. This, it's extreme, like, aperture where, only things that were in a certain field were in focus and the depth of field was so like extreme that anything that was outside of that was blurry. And it was like, uh, I don't want to say it was disorienting, but it was, it was frustrating to yeah. watch some parts of the movie. Also, uh, dead pixels on some of the cameras. Yeah. I didn't understand that either. Um, but anyway, is it a metaphor? 
Army of the Dead pixels. Maybe. So here's what's uh so let's go into spoiler free. If you haven't seen it or you don't want it spoiled, you can turn off now. Thank you for listening. We love you. But we're gonna go spoiler free. We're gonna go Army spoiler spoiler full. Sorry, spoiler full about Army of the Dead. Yes. Um Okay. I'll say this. I thought I think that the plot in terms of like here's what we're gonna do. Yep. Totally fine. I thought the team was pretty good and well balanced in terms of like Batista, good main guy, mm-hmm. relationship with the daughter, fine. Uh safe cracking guy, awesome. Muscle guy with the with the saw. Yep. Awesome. Uh Tina Taro was good, you know? Yeah. Uh she was fine. Um the guy that, that was just like an Instagram guy, I actually thought he was good. I thought he was gonna be a piece of shit and I liked his character. Yep. He brought that other girl who had never killed a zombie. I thought her stuff was awesome. Yes. Uh, the corporate guy that came in that you knew had some kind of ulterior motive. I thought he was appropriate. Okay. Um, and watching the movie, like we watched the beat. What about Batista's love interest that came out of nowhere? Yes. Just before she died. I honestly in a comedy beat. Be, before, before she revealed that she loved him. Yep. I thought she was completely appropriate. Yeah. Um, let's go through the movie though. Opening scene, I loved the idea of the military truck and the guy leaving Las Vegas getting a blowjob, right. and he crashes into the truck, and yep. it opens the thing. But I did think that the violence in that scene was very B-movie. Yes. Really strangely so. Yeah, the the, the main zombie was, like, biting people's necks. And, and like, pulling it and, like, yeah. zipping around. And, it, like, you know, basically what happens is the military truck comes, it crashes into the blowjob car, and the, the zombie gets out. Yes. And... I thought that that stuff was kind of strange. Like I, I thought everything up to that was great, but then when he got out, it was kind of like not filmed well. Then we get into the opening credits. Opening credits were like A plus. Yep. Like amazingly done. Awesome. Incredible. And like in terms of getting you excited for a zombie movie, I don't think they could have done. It's better like than that. you know a Liberace impersonator mm-hmm. is like, and then you see uh, show, zombie showgirls are chasing someone and they tackle him and blood goes everywhere and and then but then they show the the people that are in the movie holding pictures of their family and getting pictures taken of them and right. it was just incredible. Um, it kind of felt like the stuff that would fall outside of the box fall outside the box in like a movie, but would be at the beginning of a video game. Right. That you'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and it was incredible. And as the movie was progressing, in the beginning, like Batista gets, you know, tapped to go do this thing. You find out about Las Vegas, all these things that have happened. All that was set up great. Love the idea of the heist. Put together the team. Classic action thing. Very fun. All gets together. Uh, I thought. I honestly thought that the girl in the camp, the daughter and her friend... Yep. I thought all that stuff was pretty good. It made sense. I it thought was, it was all it was, pretty good. It introduced uh, the daughter, Gita, her friend. Who, Gita wanted to go back into Vegas, steal uh, maybe steal $5,000. Basically, she wanted to buy her way out of the refugee camp. Mm-hmm. And she had to go into the city to do it. She had to yeah. be sneaked into the city by Coyote yeah. uh, to do it. And uh, the daughter was like, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. And Gita's like, well, it, that money can change my life. So, and I, and I love the idea of a zombie apocalypse. Uh, I've never seen it contained to a city, and they right. put up like uh, borders, yep. so that it's stuck, and they're gonna like they're gonna like bomb it. That's an excellent idea, right? Um, I love the ticking clock of we have to go and get this vault. The fact that it's Las Vegas does open all these possibilities of like, well, yeah, there's just money, and people can go get it. Like I thought that was great too. Made sense. Um, all that was great. 
Batista rounds up everybody. You got, you know, he's told you got to bring one of my guys from the people that hired him. Obviously, this person is, you know, going to be the rat in the bunch. They go in. And here's where I really was like, this is awesome. When they went in and they were like, oh, these zombies on the outside, they all just died from the heat. They just collapsed eventually right. and they're just passed out and they're just dead. And uh, they're like, oh, really? That's crazy. And they're like, oh, you should see them in the rains. They all get up and they're alive again for a couple hours. I love that. Even love, if they didn't show it. Love the concept. I don't need to see it. I do need to see it in the prequel or the animated series. Otherwise, right, sure, sure. Otherwise, you can be like, oh, these zombies all fight with lightsabers and do triple backflips. And you're like, awesome. And they're like, but you're not going to see it. Like, I just think that, I guess for me, that was building the lore okay. of like, there's there's almost, almost like it was a foreshadowing that there's new rules. To me, it was unfairly teasing the audience. Okay. Um, go in more. They're like, and the girl, like, you know, one of the girls on the, one of the women, I'm so sorry. Uh, on the gr- in the group tricks uh, this guy who is a piece of shit and she ties him up and she offers him up to the zombies and says if we want to walk through here safely we need to give them an offering i loved that great concept that was great no problem was, with that and she kind of at that point in time around then they kind of explain that there's like a hierarchy where there's a couple of zombies that are fast and a little bit smarter right that were bit by the original zombies and then the rest of them are normal zombies that kind of just shuffle around right Loved the idea of the hierarchy. Loved the idea of the sacrifice. You see the tiger. You see the queen. You see the king. Whatever it is. Then they go into the underground thing or wherever they are. And they're like, oh, these zombies are hibernating. And we have to sneak through them. Can't touch them. Fucking, can't shine their light in the eyes. Fuck yeah. it. I loved that. Great scene. I loved it. Then the shitty guy, the guy from the uh, you know the company that hired the, the team, throws off one of the people by throwing one of uh, the, the uh, glow sticks. sticks. Yeah down a different way that was supposed to light the path for them through the hybrid zombies because it's all super high tension. They're sneaking around. When she followed that glow stick, I was like, this is fucking awesome. It was great. And then, um, you know, she's fighting the zombies off and she's actually getting through. And it was great because they kind of showed her as someone that never had killed a zombie before. Right. And so you think she's just, mm-hmm. she's immediately going to be killed and yes. she's, she's going to freeze up. Yes. Not the case. No. And that's, Total badass moment. And that scene was excellently choreographed. Yeah. She goes to the end. The guy is still trying to kill her. The uh, you know the guy like secretly who was with them that worked for the company that hired them. He still is trying to sabotage the group. So he locks her in the room, and she breaks through a window, and then the zombies kill her. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't like scream a warning of like don't trust that guy. Ah, eh, you got a lot going on. I don't yeah. know if you'd, you know, I, I think that maybe if it was you, you'd be. I'm saying if it were uh, like if I were worried about you. My yeah. friend being killed by a traitor. I think if I was getting killed by zombies, I wouldn't think about that. I, no, look, I just care about you so much. Right. And so anyway, it hurts that you don't care about me that much. So she's killed. Right. They move forward. And I don't remember the exact story of the movie, but I loved all that stuff. They move forward. Um, eventually, it's revealed that the guy who has the ulterior motive that came from the people that... Wait, wait, let's come up with a name for this guy. Uh, Garrett. Garrett. Garrett Dillahunt is he, the he, actor's name. He was the one that was uh, sent in by the people that hired them who is obviously the one that's the most likely to turn on them. Not turn into a zombie, but turn on the group. Right. And uh, at some point, he catches the queen zombie, and he cuts off her head, and he puts it in a bag, and he tells one of them, I'm getting... This This was the real mission. The real mission was to get this head to do some studies. What if we made an army of our own zombies as like war, as like a war, uh, you know, whatever. But let's let's make... Let's make a weaponized... Let's make... An army of the dead. There we go. Um. So he puts the head in the bag and, uh, you know, they get to the safe. 
I thought all the safe shenanigans were super fun. Very good. Uh, three uh, pressure plates had to mm -hmm. be triggered. Yes. And uh, they had to trick a zombie into, yeah. into triggering this. All that yeah. was awesome. That was cute. That was a nice little comic relief. Then uh, the guy's working in the safe. Batista goes in. I mean, I, I mean, like what? Tig Nataro finds the helicopter. It barely runs. Right. Um, she was so emotionless that yes. her stuff was just weird. It was so dry. It was I would crazy. love to see an Army of the Dead cut where amateurs just film themselves like uh, near like toy helicopters. Yes. Because Tig Notaro is by herself kind of talking to herself yeah. much of the time. Yeah. And so the, uh, like you and I could go to a playground and find a, you know, one of the helicopters on a spring that you yes. bounce back and forth yeah. and, and <laughs> refilm those scenes movies, and, yeah. and cut them in. And it would be, you know, seamless, seamless. It's funny because Chris D'Elia was supposed to be in this movie and he was cut out because of, uh, you know, whatever allegations. And, I don't even know what they are specifically, um, but he was cut out for being a you know a pervert, and uh, Tignataro replaced him. And I knew that she was all like, you know, she shot with green screens, was digitally inserted later. And for some of it, I'm like, okay, I can. I think they did a good job, but yeah. I could see that it was filmed separate. Some of it, I'm shocked that it was filmed separate. Yeah, it looks great. It looked awesome. Some of it, yeah. Yeah, um, and none and none of it looked bad. Right. None of it looked bad. I just I was shocked that some of it looked so good. So they all, you know, they do all that stuff. Then at some point, you know, all of them are waiting for the safe to be cracked. And at this point, they've moved up the, uh, they've moved up the bombing of Las Vegas by one day. So the team only has like two hours or something right. to get out. And I will say one thing that bummed me out was the original plan was like, at dusk on the 4th of July, we're going to bomb Las Vegas. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. They're going to get out. On the 4th of July, right when the fireworks are going off, it's going to be this huge, you know, thing about the 4th of July with, and they just moved it up a day. Yeah. I'm like, why would they do that? Why would they tease that uh, aesthetic and that atmosphere and then get rid of it? Well, <clears throat> I feel like there were several of those in this film. So. so, so they get, you know, they get the, they get the money or maybe, you know, get most of the money, whatever they do. They have all these, like, they get through the safe, they get the money, they put it in their bags. And then basically I think that the main zombie finds out that his queen has been beheaded. Right. And he essentially is like kind of, you know, more or less declares war on the people that are there. Well, he finds her body mm -hmm. and then cuts her open and we see a, a blue zombie fetus. Oh that, yeah. That's that right. tragically fades to black. Oh yeah. Oh, we, oh, we, we did see him put his ear to her stomach earlier. Yeah. And, and, and you get the idea that she's pregnant. Yeah. And so now you find out that their, their baby is dead. Yes. Right. And so he declares war and essentially the rest of the movie is a race against time to get out of there before the bombing and to like fight through the zombies. Right. Um, there's another crazy fight through the casino. Yes. Where there's another extended action sequence that's way longer and way more involved than you'd expect to see that I thought was incredible. They get to the roof. I loved the scene on the roof where it's revealed that one of the people from the team, the, this woman, the woman that originally... Coyote. Coyote. Yep. She took the head of the queen. So when the main zombie comes to kill them, and he, by the way, he made this makeshift helmet so that if they try to shoot him in the head, it bounces off. Um, she has the queen head. Yeah. And he kind of stops. He's about to stop them from getting, you know, the, the main zombie is about to stop them from escaping on the helicopter. And Coyote has, takes out the head, like stop or else, you know, I'll destroy right. the head. And, the, you know, the queen is technically kind of still alive in the head. And the main zombie king guy throws the like the javel like a spear. It's, right. it's a big pole, and nails her to the wall, coyote. And she drops the head off of the side of a building right next to where they were, and the head smashes into a million 
guts and bloods. Right. And, uh, you know, correct the helico- terminology there. What? That's correct terminology. <laughs> the helicopter starts to escape. The king zombie jumps into the helicopter, which I thought was awesome. Well, that the, he jumped. No, first of all, helicopter mm. leaves. Meanwhile, the daughter has said, oh, my yeah. friend got lost right, in right, the city. Right. I think I can get her back. I know what hotel she was taken to that's full of zombies. I, mm. armed with one gun, yes. am going to go into this hotel, yes. find my friend somewhere in this, let's call it 40 floor, floor, 40 floor hotel, mm-hmm. and then somehow escape. Yes. That is her plan. So she goes into the hotel. Yes. She finds her friend, Batista... Yes. And Tignataro, Batista's like, hey, Tignataro, like, take me to that other hotel. That's where my daughter is. I have to find her. We have to get her out of here. Yeah. Don't ditch me. Yeah. So Batista goes down. Uh, one of the other women who was who was taken is uh, murdered by the zombies, leaving just the daughter and the daughter's friend uh, with, you know, facing off against the, the lead zombie. And... Uh, then they finally break through. Yeah. Batista gets them, pulls them through, you know, whatever. They run up the stairs, they're running from this guy, and uh, they go up to the roof. They get in the helicopter, like, yeah. oh, Tignataro's not here. Tignataro, oh, she came back. And, yeah. she, and she's like, oh, I didn't know if I should they, save they my te- own skin. Yeah. yeah the, the tease, tease that was she, that she had abandoned them. Yeah, like Han Solo. And, uh, and so she came back, and uh, they got on the helicopter, and then All that the main happened. zombie jumps on the helicopter, yeah. mm-hmm. fights with Batista. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a handgun. It's hanging on the edge of a moving helicopter. It hangs there for an awful long time. Yep. Batista picks up the handgun, shoots the main zombie in the head. Yeah. Cleaves his head in twain. Yep. And uh, then the nuke goes off and the, the helicopter is rushing to escape the shockwave. Yeah. It cannot. It crashes. Yes. Tignataro dies. Batista is mortally wounded and gets to exchange some words with his daughter. Yeah, I thought he was bitten by the zombie. Uh, probably also, yes, yeah. yes, also bitten by a zombie. Yeah. And uh, we don't know what happens to the friend. Oh, really? She was on the roof? No, the, she made it in the helicopter. We don't know if she survived the crash or not. Oh, wow. Maybe she died. So that happened. Yep. Um, and then before Batista can turn into a zombie, the daughter has to shoot him in the head. Right. Which this, is tragic. And it mirrors a scene early in the movie where... He had to shoot her mom in the head. Stab her mom in the head. Stab her mom in the head when she was turning into a zombie. Um, and also, you know, during the movie, when they were cracking the safe uh, and they were getting attacked by zombies, the safe cracking guy, who yep. was kind of a wimp, yep. pushed muscle guy. the muscle guy into the safe and closed it as he was getting attacking, kind of to save him. But in the moment, it felt more like an accident that was going to trap him in there for a life. Right. So the credits roll after Batista dies. And then we see that that guy somehow got out of the safe. We don't know if it didn't lock. We don't know what the deal is. But he gets out with a bunch of money, and it seems like a big victorious moment. He gets onto a plane. He's exhausted. Private plane. Private plane. Shares some champagne with the uh, the, the air hostesses. And they touch his skin, and they say, like, oh, your skin is so cold. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. He goes in the bathroom. He sees that he has the zombie bite on his arm. And then it's like, this plane is landing in Mexico City in five minutes. And so the idea is that the the zombie invasion will continue. Yes. I thought it was awesome. I just <laughs> I thought it was great. I couldn't have liked it more. They they blew me away with just the action stuff, I think. And I was invested in the story. I liked the world of the zombies. I liked the new rules. And I liked uh, the back and forth of like, we're trying to get the safe open. We only have this much time. Here, This has happened. This has happened. And, you know, there's stuff I didn't like. I didn't like the focus thing right. we talked about. 
I didn't like that the love interest of Batista revealed her feelings 10 seconds before she got killed, even though that was an hour and 45 minutes into the movie. Right. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Okay. By the way, I think that the girl with the red head, uh, red uh, bandana. Yep. I think it's a reference to aliens. That could be. I think it is. Cause that's, people that's, are, that's I saw good. people say online that this movie is very similar to aliens. Okay. Um, and, and there's a lot of stuff that was homage to okay. aliens. Um, so muscle guy had a big like cement saw. Yeah, and it shows him killing everybody with it right at the beginning. Right at the beginning, and then uh, and then before they go into the city, they they bring it up, and the the cop who's a sacrifice is like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to play with this saw," and the guy's like, "Don't, Don't touch, touch my, my saw. saw." Yeah. How many times did he use that saw after that? Just to, to open something. Yeah. He opened one thing with it. It was like a like a can of stew was what he opened with <laughs> no, it. He opened. Uh, I know, like a door or yeah, something. yeah, the grate. Um, a can of stew. <laughs> So, you know, just seems like if <laughs> you you're going to be the person getting splashed with yeah. the stew. Ah, my eye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they tease the zombies reanimating in the rain, did not deliver on it. Again, that one I think has the most probability to be paid off mm-hmm. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the daughter forces her way onto this heist mission. Yes. Ill no prepared. Training. Ill, no, no training, no mm-hmm. special skills. Uh-huh. And like, you know, uh, we saw the the film World War Z, in which Brad Pitt, to protect himself from zombies, duct taped magazines around his arms, oh, so yeah. that if a zombie tried to bite his arm, uh, they would they would get a, a face full of Vogue. Yes, your other your other autobiography name. Yeah, Batista's daughter. What was she wearing in terms of protection? I don't know. A sleeveless T shirt. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. magazines. Right, right, right. Not even Teen Vogue. Yeah, right, right. Uh, seemed. Stu- and like most of them were not taking proper zombie precautions. Sure. And I get it's hot in the desert. Yeah. See, I understand that. It. But like at least long sleeves. I'm not saying you have to wear full chain mail. Although if you could, mm-hmm. it seems like that would be the way to go. Yeah. So they get in there. They, they tease this. Uh, you know, I talked about the girl not yelling a warning to her friends. Yeah. Um, and none of them like even kind of shooting back towards those zombies. They just ran away. Yeah. Okay. A lot of zombies. I get it. You got to run from them. Yeah. Then uh, Coyote and Garrett sneak back to kill the queen. And he says it's worth 10 times what was in that vault, which was $200 million. million. So, you know. Two billion. Two billion dollars. Yeah. And he is near where they entered the... The quarantine zone. zone. So, like... Why didn't he just leave? Why didn't he just leave and call someone to pick him up? Or why didn't he tell the people, like, hey... If you want to earn fifty million dollars, yeah. come with me. We're going to get a zombie head. Why does it have to be framed as a heist? <laughs> Why does it have to be a big trick? Right. Well, okay. Can I give you a counterpoint? Please do, Brad. Yes. You're you're the head of a you're a maniac. You're the head okay. of a big conglomerate corporation. Yep. I think money is more important than people. Well, you have two hundred million dollars in a safe. Yep. And you want the head. Yep. Do you want to get both? Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, I, I guess. see. They just want both then. Mr. Yeah. Brad finally right. putting on I, someone else's just shoes. Just seems like, uh, <laughs> you know. By the way, yeah, I guess. Another autobiography title for yeah. Brad. <laughs> $2.15 billion, I guess, is more than $2 billion. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. argue with that. Just yep. seems like the risk reward here is. Uh, well, the, the I will say the 1.5 or the, yeah, the 1. Yep. No, 200 million, yep. whatever. Uh, because 50 million was going to Batista. Yes, I get yeah. it. Guaranteed today. Mm. Head research, years down the road. Yeah, okay. All right. Investment. Yeah. 
So uh, you gotta get a finance guy. A finance guy would have told you to go for the money in the head. Okay. My finance guy is always like, I was like, what should I get? This zombie head or this money? He always prefers money. So (laughs) how should I? How should I pay you? Um, Tignataro. Give me a quarter of that zombie head. (laughs) Tignataro fixes uh, an an ancient helicopter with. With, I pay you with, with no replacement parts. She just hot wires it together. Yeah. Uh, also, well, it's like the helicopter in our in our in our prank that we played. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I I uh, somebody else looked it up, but it sounds accurate. Uh, Two hundred million dollars in hundred dollar bills weighs thirty seven hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah. So you have to have the the plan is this helicopter, this old ancient rescue helicopter, has to fit thirty seven hundred pounds worth of money, as well as you know, ideally, Tignataro, Batista, the woman, <laughs> no, muscle was, guy, safe cracker, coyote, <laughs> Garrett, and one other person that I'm forgetting. There's more than that. The, there's, there's, like, there's more people than that. Yeah, it has to fit all of those people. It has to fit like 10 people. I thought about that when I saw the helicopter. And it, I was I'm like, like, what the hell's going on yeah. here? So yeah, the flawed plan. Yeah. Uh, well, I will say, maybe they didn't plan on the money. Yeah. Well, then again, that defeats my other, my other it counterpoint. Sure does. It sure does. <laughs> I got to pick one. I'll pick yes. one by the end. All right. <laughs> um, hibernating zombies. All right, I'm fine. Like I said, I, I love that scene. Yeah. Uh, so even if I'm like, I, uh, oh, what do you like? All right. It's fine. We're going to come back to my biggest argument, my biggest frustration with the film later. Uh, Pregnant Zombie, pretty weird. Uh, I think it's been done in other films, Mm -hmm. maybe even in Dawn of the Dead. Do they have to like deliver a baby, like an undead baby from a zombie mom? Yeah, she gets bit in Dawn of the Dead 2004, like towards the end of her pregnancy. Okay. So the baby is like ready to go. Right. It's not like she's living through nine months as a zombie. Right. Um. You know, that's weird, but basically they're like, uh, Zeus was the main zombie and the zombies he bit were like super zombies. Like he's a super duper zombie, then there's super zombies. And when the super zombies bite somebody, they become a regular zombie. Yeah. But the queen was not Zeus. So she can only make regular zombies, but some of the zombies are fast and one could break dance. And it's like- um, hold on. One could break dance. What do you mean by that? Uh, one was dressed as a B-boy and like his... He was, he was good at dodging. He was good at dodging, but he was using definitely breakdancing style. I say, here's my call. Okay. Well, one, are you saying that the king didn't bite all those zombies? No, I don't think so. Okay. Why? Uh, it just seems like too many. And and then... There weren't that many, were there? Well, I... Fast I got, ones? It, it seemed like weren't the regular zombies also fast? Like the zombies. Oh yeah, there af- were a lot af- of fast af- ones. Yeah, after the hibernation, yeah, right. after, after they woke up from hibernation, were, weren't those zombies kind of at least a little fast? Uh, no, because the ones that they brought down in the basement weren't yeah. fast. The, the shambling ones. Yeah, I think that. Right. I, honestly, if someone's like, "Hey, listen, here's our zombie universe." Right. The ones that are bit by the main one are right. kind of smarter. Yep. And then you make more, and you make more, and you make more. Right. And it's a multiplicity. Michael Keaton. Multiplicity yeah. Right. Theory. And yeah. some of them are shufflers. Yeah. Which is the are shamblers. Right. And some of them are, are still fast. Right. And it actually has to do with their uh, right. devolution I, or whatever it is. Fine with that. I'm fine with that. Stuff. I'm fine with that. It just wasn't super clear. Sure. Like there, there was no way of knowing which sure. ones were which. I agree. Fine. Um, we'll skip over that part. Uh, well, I, actually, you know, I didn't like the idea of like, all right, it's this big emotional speech about her having feelings, feelings for, Batista, for Batista. And then like her head is turned around and they all stand there and nobody like shoots a zombie, even though they're all these highly trained military guys. Yeah. Uh, muscle guy and safe cracker are like, we have to, you know, like, oh, they're coming down the elevator again. Let's go back and get the money. It's like, no, get out. Like, just get you, out. You need a finance guy. Yeah, I do. I do. 
What are you going to do? Pay me with your life or pay me with money? Uh, can't Go argue. get that money. Yeah. Yeah. I'd call him in that moment. I'm like, what should I do? They're coming down the elevator. He's like, get the money. Yeah. <laughs> my finance guy is in this office, Plex. You know that yeah. he came to my office recently? I did not, but that's great. We talked a lot about this. I was good. It was upsetting. Yeah. Um, like I said, the 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 daughter went to Do you know fi- my finance guy's name? Is it's it? Orifice and Cleary. Do you know that? I did not. Did you believe me? I do. It's true. I do. He's a great guy. I'm sure he is. Anyway, keep going. Uh, the daughter, I mentioned her Her plan is to find her friend, and then that was it. And yeah. you know, she had one gun with, let's charitably call it 12 bullets. Yeah, I know. Uh, pretty dumb. Yes. As a, as a plot point. Yeah. Um, as a character, you know, I understand you want to see your friend, but basically she's like, my friend has two kids who are going to grow up without a mom, and it's like, you could adopt them. You could be their mom. <laughs> like I well, still though. I, that I doesn't know. that doesn't change that their mom dies. I know. Come on. I, 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 that's you know, not nice. You're you're being a nitpick. I think if you knew someone who had two kids and their mom was being killed and you were like, I can't believe these kids are gonna grow up without a mom, someone wouldn't be like, Brad, you piece of shit, you're their mom. That's, that's fine. That's crazy. That's fine. I would say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of moms died in Vegas. Jesus. In this film. God, you need you need to be less of a finance guy. Okay, you need a soul. I do. I do. How are you going to pay me with your soul? Come on. All right. So the like we we talked about uh, cape zombie helmet zombie is on the roof uh, that they originally take off of. Yeah, and then they fly to find the daughter. They they fly to a different hotel. Yeah. In the time, in fact, quicker than they fly in a helicopter across Las Vegas. Main zombie goes down again. Let's charitably call it forty flights of, of stairs or one elevator. <laughs> then gets on his zomb, zombie horse, which, which was cool, very fast. Lightning. <laughs> then rides across town. Then goes up. Let's call it eh, thirty flights of stairs <laughs> to find the daughter and and every, before Batista can get down ten flights of stairs. Yeah, he's uh, he's fast. I guess too fast. just seems just seems you know <laughs> right. too fast. Hard for me to hard hard for me to fight against that. Yeah, one. Uh, they uh, they they go upstairs. Uh, the the head dropping scene, great. Although yeah. it seems like you could have backed down to the helicopter holding the head and then like thrown it to the side. Yeah, uh, and he would have gone after the head and left you alone. Well, he kind of I think he surprised her with he that surprised throw. her with a javelin. Yeah, yeah he surprised yeah. her with that. I think yeah. she I think she was planning on doing right. that, and that happened faster than she expected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, so then there, there were these, he jumps on the, the, the helicopter and they're fighting. Like I said, that gun stayed there for an awful long time, uh, in a, in a moving, like, it's not like this is like a, a Tesla on nice roads where it's a very smooth ride. Yes. This is herkin and jerkin. It's an old helicopter. Yeah. Chuck and Brad had to like bounce it to get it started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're spinning. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I can't slap it anymore. It's going too fast. Yeah. Keep slapping it. <laughs> and then, uh, so the gun stays there. He shoots the zombie in the head. We get some blue glow. And, uh, then the helicopter crashes because of the shockwave. And I said, they don't show the friend, this, this yeah, Mac- MacGuffin woman. I'd have to go see it again. That we went through. I thought she just this. died. I thought she died. If she died, then th- die. then it's a metaphor about like, your struggle is for nothing. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. It could just be she died. Yep. Just like the nanny uh, in Jurassic uh, but, Park. But like, show her dead. Like, yeah, show yeah, her yeah, dead and, and show the daughter mourning, like all that work. 
uh, was was for nothing. And then maybe Batista says, no, like it's, it, love is never nothing. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, give, give me that moment and then she Love shoots. is never nothing. I don't know. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the name of your autobiography. <laughs> that's what's on your gravestone. <laughs> Billy, just go into the well. The autobiography well. Love is never nothing. What the, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Think about it. I'm uh, more of a finance guy. <laughs> uh, she shoots Batista in the head. Uh, and then, you know, the guy, uh, the muscle guy gets out of the vault somehow. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's say the, the, the nuke damages the city enough to bend the frame of this indestructible vault. He, he forces open the door. I wish he had his saw with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, climbs out, walks through an irradiated wasteland. <laughs> You, if you, you search for a way to bring radiation poisoning into every movie you watch. I do. I do. Care Bear's Nutcracker. <laughs> Care Bear's Nutcracker. That doesn't make any sense. How do those bears learn how to dance? Those Care Bear cousins should be, should have radiation poisoning. They sit next to the microwave. Yes. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, he, uh, so he, he. <laughs> What a pull. Thank you. I remember watching that with you and I was like, I love this movie. You fucking hated it. I sure did. I sure did. And, uh, and you know, the idea of like, oh, it's, it's sequel, like Mexico City, that's where the next outbreak is going to happen. I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. Yeah. You know, not sure if he's a new Zeus or if he's a new Alpha or, or if he's a new Shambler. Not sure what his deal is. Right. Well, who bit him? Oh, we don't know. It's just yeah. one of the zombies in that right. pack. Right. We also, uh, at one point, they hinted at a time loop in the movie. But that that was great. Maybe. Oh, here, here's okay. That's one thing I wanted to bring up that right. I forgot to bring up. Yes. So was that a previous team? We. It's unclear. No, no, not not the time loop. Right. But was it a previous team trying to crack the safe? It looked like. Yes, because there was a different uh, copy of the map. The, oh, the, I'm right. sorry, the, the safe schematics. Right. So yeah. so it basically seems like that the main guy that hired them had already hired a team to do that. Right. Um, I think that's cool. That had failed and it looked like it had already become skeletons. Yes. So that's cool. Right. Um, the idea of like the guy going, well, maybe we're in a time loop and maybe blah, blah, blah. And maybe this or, this, this already happened to us. And it, he, the guy, the, the safe cracker is like believing it right. and thinking of all them dressed the same as the skeletons. Right. I loved that. He goes, and he goes, or maybe it's just whatever. I thought that was really fun. I thought that was a fun little play oh, with it was like bizarre. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was. A, I guess I thought it was like another tease that didn't pay off. Well, is what no, it was. T- no, to me it was. I, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm rotten sandwiching this. To me, it was a, a writer's room. We thought about this and didn't do it, and this this could be a thing that they would do in a movie like this. Right, but we're not going to do it. I like that. Okay, I even have previously. I mean, it's not exactly the same. But I love the idea of, uh, I always wanted to do a zombie idea movie okay. where you see like a traditional zombie uh, origin story and it doesn't lead to the zombies. Then you see a different zombie origin stories That's and funny. it doesn't lead to the zombies and it keeps doing it. And it's kind of the idea of that, of playing with expectations and... Like Crispin Glover's arm in Hot Tub Time Machine. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that, so I thought that that was kind of fun. And for me, for me, that was a filmmaking fun thing. Like, like this movie could be this. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. Okay. That's why I thought it was fun. All right. So let's get to your, your, big, uh, your big moment. So on at least two occasions, yeah. zombies were shot in the head to reveal blue sparks and uh, like a, a blue glowing electronic um, eye not of ex- some sort. No. So what happened was one zombie comes around the corner. Okay. 
and he was shot. And I noticed this, and his body explodes into right. yellow sparks. Okay, yes. Like electronic sparks. Right. And I was like, okay. And, and I thought maybe, here's what I thought. I'm like, maybe they made it, they did a throwaway line about how this gun has electric bullets or whatever, and right. I just missed it, you right. know, whatever. Then they're leaving the casino at the end. And one zombie gets thrown, and I think Batista kills him, and he shoots up his face. Right. And instead of his head exploding with blood and skull and blood and gut, mm-hmm. um, his skin splits, and he reveals a Terminator skull. Right. Like a, a like a solid metal robot skull. Right. And I don't know if the eyes were glowing red or glowing blue or whatever, but I was like, what the fuck? And I kind of, and I didn't say anything about it, and I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what the deal was. And at the end of the movie, we're, we're watching the credits. And I was like, that was awesome. And we're all high-fiving and going crazy and kicking our legs in the air. And then I'm like, what about the robot zombies? And you're like, huh? And I was like, what about the robot zombies? And you're like, there were no robot zombies. And I'm like, yeah, there were. There was two robots. And you're like, no, no. You're thinking of the fact that they're aliens. It was a blue glow. That's all blue you're thinking spo- of. Yeah, because when the, the main zombie was shot in the helicopter, I don't remember def- that- there was definite blue there. I don't remember that either. But right. obviously, it did come from Roswell. Right. And obviously, the fetus was blue. Right. That's what I remember. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're like, I don't think so. And I showed you one I of them. I went back and looked. I went, and you're like, what the fuck? And then you like flip the table and you're like, I fucking hate this movie now. I can't believe there's a fucking robot on this fucking thing. I hate robots. There's no such thing as a robot. Zombie and, robots. And you're like, I gotta go home and charge. Zombie robots make no sense. None at all. No. Not, not even a little. You never know. Here's, here's, here's my thing. Okay. All right. <clears throat> we accept Westworld. Yep. Right. And there's robot animals yeah. and robot people. in the world of Westworld. Right, right, right. Right. Okay. Now we have a zombie world, and we don't know if the robots were. Okay, let's say let's rule things out. One, it wasn't a human robot that was turned into a zombie because that probably doesn't make any sense. Okay. Right, like a yeah. Westworld zombie that was turned into a zombie, a Westworld robot that was turned into a zombie. It's seems, probably not that. Right. Seems unlikely. But because this isn't Westworld. Right. But. Um, Zack Snyder said in an interview, he acknowledged the robot zombies. Yep. And he said, you know, we have plans coming up for uh, the TV show and the, the, prequel, the prequel and the animated series. Yep. He goes, who knows what they are? He goes, we know the zombies came from Roswell. Maybe uh, the government put them there to like monitor the zombies that exist. And I was like, I buy it. I think that that's cool. I think that it could be any of those things. But it's tough because I think that from the point of like, Here's an idea that's like a sentence, like right. there are zombie robots and explaining it, it's it's just too far out to like, I'll put it this way. If someone's like Jurassic World is coming next summer, Chris Pratt is friends with raptors. You'd be like, what? Right. But then the actual story comes out and he's like, well, he's controlling them and the government is trying to get him to use them against them. It's kind of like the zombies, but... And he's like very scared of them and they could turn him at any moment, but he, they do respect him. And like, right. it's a lot. They explain it. They explain the story yeah. or, or even you could even go back and go 1992. Oh, we found some mosquitoes and so now we can make dinosaurs. Right. And you're, someone would be like, what, what are they talking about? They also explain that. Well, well, that's the thing, but we, we haven't Mr. seen D. that yet. Right. Because it's for the future. Right. Which I think is fun. I think a world build is for the future. I, I have no, but there's, there's too much building for the future in this film. I, if, if you have reanimated water zombies which i think is fine i think it's just fine as part of the lore okay um that guy's dumb so you have the mexico city thing you have zombies the mexico city thing is just a story i know you you have uh robot zombies that's one right you have zombies who can get pregnant okay 
Um, there's two. No, it's, I, that's three. What's the other one? It, all right, hang on. Rain. Yeah, rain. I don't. I think that that's just like I. I, I the idea of saying, <clears throat> like, the idea of setting that up and then not paying it off in the same film, is, is, is honestly, it's unfair filmmaking. It's unfair to the audience. So this, this is what I. Think. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> yeah. Another Simpsons reference. <laughs> well, here's what I think. You know how Marvel. I'll put it this way. I, this is what I think of it as similar as in Civil War, which came out in like let's call it 2014 or 15. Okay, they find out that a bunch of the Shield agents are part of Hydra. Right, and some like, I think someone has like a gun to the back of one of the Shield agents' head. They're like, "Who are you? What are you doing? Who are you targeting?" Blah blah. blah. He's like, "We're only targeting people of interest." Tony Stark, someone, someone, Stephen Strange. Right. Right. Yep. And comic fans would say, oh, that's Doctor Strange. Right. But that wasn't like Doctor Strange is going to show up in this movie and they're going to show him and right. what he does. It's just like a tease for a future thing. I think you're, you're like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is different than the Army of the Dead Cinematic Universe. I, I agree, but and I'll and, say and, I'm not saying I stand behind this, right. but what if they're trying to do that? What if they're trying to make it the same thing? Then get another director. Honestly, uh, the the idea of of teasing uh, that and then saying like, oh, the government, maybe the government put him there. So why are they attacking Batista? Why do you have why do you build a zombie robot <laughs> that's going to attack somebody? All right. All right. Hold on. I'm not the director. Don't you? you I, I'm asking. You're, right. you're the one who's, well, who's team I'm not zombie Michael robot. Crichton. Yeah, I'm not Michael Crichton. Yeah, it was so funny. So Brad left in a huff because there was a robot in this movie. And we started texting about it. Yep. And I'm like, you don't know what it's going to be. Everything seems like this from far away. Like Jurassic Park. We found mosquitoes. We made dinosaurs, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all these people are cops. Michael Crichton was a cop. Steven Spielberg's a cop. Like I was saying all these things. Yeah, he also said Da Vinci was a cop. <laughs> da Vinci or Michelangelo. Yeah, one of the two. I did, yeah. Yeah, Michelangelo. Uh, yeah, I said Michelangelo's a cop. And uh, I stand by the fact that I think that you can take an idea and... You can't explain it, even if by itself the idea seems asinine or difficult to explain. Um, even I agree, and I, and I think I, I think, agree. I think that it's weird because this movie there was a like a, I don't want to say subtext, but there was like a an alternative, not plot, but like a world building thing where they're like, let's build some new rules, and the rules are the heat thing and the rain thing, right? And the hibernating zombies and the hierarchy of zombies, and though if you bite, if this one bites you, this and mm -hmm. this one's smarter than this guy, and it felt like it was just another piece of that puzzle that they don't know yet. That's kind of how it felt to me. Um, I just and, and here's what I'll say though. Mm -hmm. I think that there was so like up if if Batista here here's here's what I think. This is okay. where me and you differ. Batista shoots the zombie around the corner. Right. Or maybe the Terminator one, whatever. Sure. And then he goes, and he looks back at it and he walks over and he picks up the skull and he looks at it and it's a metal skull and it pushes in on the skull and he, go, and he like looks at it with a confused face. And then someone says like, Batista, let's go. And he like puts it down and he leaves. Then you're right. Because right. they made it a plot point. Right. Now it's a focal point of it. But when it happens in the background, there's no attention called to it, and it's not part of the story at all, and right. they don't display it as part of the story, I think it's okay to put in stuff that with a plan to explain it later and not have it in this movie. I think there was just too much of it. By the way, the, the uh, company name on that skull, Wayland yutani Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. They were in something. Wayland uh, yutani was in uh, maybe a Predator movie or yeah, something, something like that, like, that. Bef bef like before Predator. I don't know. They were in something. Predator. Um, 
<clears throat> but yeah, I think so. Do, I'll ask this question: Could you make a movie where you're like, let's put this little thing in there that's for like eagle-eyed viewers that we're not going to bring into the story, the characters aren't even going to notice it, but an eagle-eyed viewer will see it, and we're going to pay it off in a different movie? Yeah, I think so. Well, how well how how come this falls I, outside of that? Why well, I, I think uh, I'll I'll give you one zombie robots reanimated in water uh, zombies. I, like there's just can, can I tell too you why, much. Can I tell you why I feel like the water thing is different? Because that's introducing a concept that is not a question. It's not right. like what is that? What does this mean? It's like like in other words, the robots are a plot point. Okay, and the uh, the 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 rain bringing the zombies back to back to life is more of like this could be an obstacle. You know what I mean? Like, right. like in other words, they could say like, oh, the tribal leaders could come around or something right. like that. It's not like who are the Omega Men. You know what I mean? They're, right. they're two different things. So I think one problem is Chekhov's gun. Yeah. And they don't use it. Yeah. Well, right? Chekhov's uh, cool saw and Chekhov's reanimated in water zombies. Well, to be fair, Chekhov used his gun in the opening credits and then so he his, just showed it the rest of the movie. Right. But but no, they made a big deal of, of the cop guy taking it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um, but the, the first problem is Chekhov's gun. They, they announced something that was cool. That could be a cool action moment, and then they never paid it off. Also, right. Also, the nerdy safecracker is like, "Can you beat a zombie on the back of the head with a big rock?" And they didn't quite. Yes. If, if honestly, if if he had hit a zombie and he's like, "It's not a big rock, but it'll do," yeah. and the other guy's like, "Thanks." Yeah. Like that yeah. to me is satisfying. Yes, I, I agree. Pay yeah, everything okay. off. Trey yes. Parker, Matt Stone. Yes. Um, the first problem is Chekhov's gun. It's not the same as the robot zombie thing. Chekhov's gun, for those of you who don't know, is uh, Ant Anton Chekhov, the playwright, said basically, if you show a gun on the wall in Act One, somebody needs to use that gun in Act Three. Right, Something and that's like that. and that was uh, we're talking about the zombies that they said these zombies will come back to life when it rains. Right. I feel in in, in my personal opinion, I think that's okay because I feel like it's a throwaway line that's world building about the lore of these zombies. You feel like they should have used it. I understand that. Yes, that's Chekhov's gun. The robots being in the background and never having any attention called to them, I think does not count as Chekhov's gun or, okay. or anything similar. Right. I think it's more of like, this is a story point that later on you're going to go, oh yeah. Right. And it's weird because there are things in movies that are like that, but I can't think of them off my off the top of my head where there's like a sequel right. or something. Maybe it's like Saw, right. where they're like, oh yeah, this thing. Yeah. Right? Saw's three and four. The... Uh like I guess my problem of, of the idea of robot zombies before before it's like ah oh, maybe the government put them there is if the government can already build robot zombies that attack Batista <laughs> yeah why is this can queen's I, head worth can 2 I, billion can dollars I, can I pinpoint your problem please do because within the context of the movie yep. and the rules that they've established there is no writing that could explain robot zombies, right? With the with the world that they've created so far, that's correct. Yes, right, and that it, it does seem unlikely. Yeah, it does seem unlikely that it's going to be a satisfying, logical payoff. Right, but I still feel like we need to we need to see what the explanation is. I, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm interested to see what the explanation is, but for now, I think it's just. Wouldn't it be cool if there were zombies that were also robots? Yeah, I think that's I the know. explanation. I know. I think so, too. And uh, and that's frustrating to me as a, a fan. <laughs> but I, again, I, I realize I'm, I'm harping on the negatives. I still had fun watching yeah. the movie in yeah. the same way that I'm like, all right, in Furious 7, cars drive out of one skyscraper and all land successfully, I think on the same floor <laughs> yeah. of a different si skyscraper, which is as dumb as robot zombies. Yes, right. Uh, and... and 
it's still fun. Yes, right. Uh, right, and, right. and so I, I don't want to say that I didn't have fun watching this movie. I just didn't think it was very good. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was so fun. What about as a zombie action movie? You know, I don't have a ton of, uh, not experience, but a, a ton of uh, uh, stuff to compare it to. Like, I've never yeah. seen 28 Days Later. I watched yeah. The Night Eats the World, which is a, a French zombie, not mm-hmm. not even an action movie. It's more a character study of one man kind of alone in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I never, I watched the beginning of Dawn of the Dead 2004, which you showed me at the old house. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what other, you know, I watched The Walking Dead for what, six or seven seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's obviously not the same. So, um, you know, I, it's hard for me to say, well, it's as good as this one or it's as bad yeah, as that yeah, one. Yeah. So, yeah, um, but again, it was fun to yeah. watch as an action movie. I just had so many issues with the, oh. like, specifically, they're like, all right, we're all trained and we serve a purpose on this mission. Yeah. Helicopter pilot, leader, leader's love interest, army guy, yeah, yeah. Uh, safe cracker. And they're like, also, my daughter is coming. Yeah. And uh, she's going to have a revolver. Yeah. And it's going to have two magazines. And she's not even going to tape magazines to her arm. Like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, For me, I, I think that. The extended action sequences that were obviously very like carefully planned and like yeah. very thoughtful and purposeful were so good. I thought the tension of all the different things that kept happening in the plot too, because that's what happens even in like Ocean's Eleven. It's right. like here's the plan. First thing goes wrong. Second thing goes yep. wrong. Third thing. Yeah. I thought all that stuff was great. I thought the new zombie lore that they created in this was really great. Um, I thought that that opening credit sequence was just amazing, awesome. Yep. And I thought the scope felt pretty great. Uh, you know what I'll say? Also, the opening credit scene of Watchmen, another Zack Snyder film, was amazing. Oh, yeah, that's true. And yeah. you know what? The opening credit scene of Dawn of the Dead 2004 is fucking awesome. About It's all the security camera footage right. all over the world. Let's hire Zack Snyder to make openings. Yes, let's do it. And then Chuck and Brad will finish the films. Yes, I love the Watchmen one, too. Yeah. Um, well, folks out there, thank you so much for listening to... Uh, Cobb versus Snob, Chuck <laughs> yeah. versus Brad. Yep. Um, again, I had fun watching the film, but uh, you know, don't know that I necessarily need to see it again. Right. If if uh, I think uh, what's Army of Thieves is coming out and it follows one of the safe crackers, like really? I, yeah, I think so. Wow. It's supposed to come out, I think, later this year or early next year. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Something like that. Wow. Um, like I, I think filming's already done and they're and they're in yeah. post on it. And then uh, who knows what the animated series? Maybe they pay these things off in yeah. an exciting way. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they don't. Yeah. So uh, we, we we won't know for a yeah. while. Right. <clears throat> so I'm willing to admit that uh, wow, like Army of the point. Dead did great job of yeah. of setting things up for future movies. Yeah. I, I'm willing to admit that in the future, but for now, right? Whoo wee. Yeah. Um. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it very very much. Uh, we appreciate you, yes. uh, and and want to. We'll start kisses for Chubies on yes. Instagram. Yes, every it's just either Chuck's face puckered up or my face puckered up every day. Yep. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or otherwise, send us an email Chuck and Brad at gmail.com or find the email link through Chuck and Brad We appreciate you listening. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces. <laughs>